Podcast. Yes, Bill. What are you thinking? We're, we're going to change it to the drift. The drift. Because mural collection yeah! of two people. Well, I already sent away for our costumes are getting worked on. <laughs> <laughs> Just two fatties <laughs> in skin tight suits. We had to get a double wide <laughs> cockpit. <laughs> that that Jaeger's going to have a huge fucking head. <laughs> This is not The Drift. This is, in fact, The Boy Howdy Podcast. If you haven't seen Pacific Rim yet, you might want to just... Not that it... Well, we're only talking about spoilers, but, like, Pacific Rim's not the kind of movie where you have to worry too much about spoilers. But we are going to be waxing enthusiastic about this one particular film. So if you haven't seen it, you you might just want to wait until you've seen it just to to listen to this week's podcast, because we're going to be kind of insufferable this week. (laughs) Not to say it's the best thing ever, but... I'm Annie, and that's Bill. We're broadcasting live from Bill's basement. Not at all live. Beep, beep, beep. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Here to talk to you about cultural detritus. Seriously. Apologies for not uh, updating normal this week. We Well, we tend to be oscillating between, depending on Annie's, uh, Annie's got another podcast yes. she's been working on lately, and depending on when the four of those hosts can get together, that tends to shuffle uh, Boy Howdy around a little bit. So we either record on Thursdays now or Sundays. I feel a little bad because I canceled on you for on Thursday at the last minute I'm so that we record shit. Ladylike, and then Con- poor Conley couldn't make it. Oh, After really? All, yeah, there's an emergency. Oh. Did you even record? Oh, yeah, we recorded. Oh, I actually so just you uploaded you got something out today. of it, but yeah. yeah. Well, we were, we had special guest, uh, Chase. Could you just ask her uh, to kind of, like, just re- like record her on MP3 and you can kind of <laughs> splice it around? Splice like, yes, yeah. that is what I think, too. Agree! What did you guys talk about this week? A <laughs> uh, bunch of garbage. Bunch of bullshit. Remember. It's a fun episode, though. Yeah. Anyway. Spice Girls. I've had Spice Girls in my head all morning because I was editing this morning. You're going to do it. Do it. Do it. Under the table. Yeah, I'll do it, Bill. Prick. You prick machine. I need some caffeine. I haven't had any caffeine yet today. Uh, You're lucky I don't get any booze in me today. Uh, I forgot my booze upstairs. Good on you. And by booze, I mean my cranberry. No, it's blood orange Mike's hard lemonade. Oh, God. It kind of tastes like a fart. It but does. it's the only thing I taste like rotten candy, and that's the only way I can. Goddamn farts! <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I don't know if you can... I don't know if the microphone is actually picking this up, but. Not only we always have a lot of crows in this neighborhood. I feel like we're working at the Springfield nuclear power plant. But not only do we have a bunch of crows, but my neighbors, I thought they only got one duck, but now they have two ducks. <laughs> and they're happy talking of goddamn ducks all the goddamn time. It's just rat 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 rat. It's, it's funny because their quacking kind of sounds like laughter all yes, the time. Like, yes. It's, it's a little fat black one. It's a little fat, little dark gray one. And they just kind of chase each other around. And then the, the, they got a dog next door. And the dog kind of chases them around. It's kind of funny. A funny, happy trio. But all day. It's, and then the crows get pissed off at the ducks. And it just it turns into a thing. Anyway, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, Phil. Phil, how was your 4th of July? Yes. Wait, have we not recorded since the 4th of July? We recorded on the 4th of July. <laughs> Bill, how was your 4th of July? What? 
my Fourth of July. What did we do? Well, what recorded with you? What is there to say? What well, did you I do? Left, I left like by two o'clock. That was all you did. I, on the I blacked July. out. Was that just a week ago? <laughs> I mentioned last week that we impulsively were going to drive to Canada. We did, and it was a lovely trip. Maybe oh, why'd you go to Canada? What did I go to Canada? Yeah. Why? I, well, one, I had an awkward vacation. Two, oh, did you I just hate... like leave right after are yes. we recorded? Like right after we recorded, I went and picked up my wife. And we, Who and was she drove? Canada? Oh, it was Emily and Kate. We went to go visit Emily and Kate. It was a lovely, lovely trip. And they... I have to say, leaving the country on the 4th of July was the smartest thing I've ever done in my life. Why? Did I missed all the fireworks. Well, what's wrong with it? I love fireworks. I hate amateur fireworks. I hate assholes oh, down the street like, trying like to Oh, like in blow your neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. And it goes on until 4 o'clock in the morning. Did you have any problems? And customs days. bugging Dude, out of the country on, on the It fort? took five minutes to get through customs. We were the only person with American plates waiting to get to go through. It was amazing. What was really adorable is that a lot of the Canadians had actually come to the border, parked, and then walked and sat by the peace arch to watch the fireworks going off on the American side. Were there fireworks really as you cute. were crossing too? Uh, well, we left. We crossed the border around nine o'clock. That's like a so yub nub too, Ewok celebration as, as you're Ewok. leaving. Yeah. It was wonderful. We missed all the fireworks. We saw a bunch of deer. It was a great trip. Well, you celebrated American freedom by being a couple lesbians going, going to, to visit Canada. Other- yeah, That's exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, hey, we're fuck yeah. And in Canada, I finally bought a cowboy hat. Took I had to go what to another it? country to buy. A is that like a felt cowboy hat? It is. Ooh. Made in. Oh, this uh, looks like Indiana Jones's hat. Except not at all. It's well, no, it's just a fedora. It is not a bill. It's a cowboy hat. They're all pretty much the same. They, no, they're from not. the McGill Hat Manufacturing Company. Wait, it doesn't say. Oh, from Mont. Wait, Monterey. Where? It's Montreal. Made in oh, it's actually from Montreal. It's yeah, not like it is found... made in Canada. My well, I've got shit in my hair. I'm not yeah, gonna, gonna put say, it on. Don't put it on your garbage head. <laughs> bill. <laughs> oh, it's got a little bow. Is it for ladies? Uh. There's a little girly bow, like a bra well, bow, no, actually, on the inside. That's really common in, in hats. Oh, really? Like it's like that's well, like you see. There's a leather band inside, and it's to keep the leather band. Together. Yeah, but it looks like the bow at like the front of someone's panties. Okay. <laughs> but no, I like it because it has like this cute leather. band. It's also a nice color. Little, little what's on the band? On the it's like a little silver. Oh, uh, very nice. How much was that? So good. One hundred twenty-five bucks. Oh, you could almost bought a three DS XL for that. It was. It's a wool. Cowboy hat, no, you look bro. good in it, yeah. I know. I've been looking for a cowboy hat for years. Yeah. What was really cute is that the lady at the counter was like, oh, you going to the Stampede? Meaning the Calgary Stampede. And I was like, no, I'm from Texas. She goes, couldn't you get a cowboy hat in Texas? <laughs> like, no one. So you never could find a good one in Texas. No. There are a lot of crappy hats. And Or, or, I would go to places and the hats would be too nice. Couldn't you go to a rodeo and wait for someone to die and take their <laughs> hat? Well, I tried to. I really was really hopeful. My grandpa had this beautiful Stetson that yeah. he wore to the stockyard, to the stock show every year. And uh, my grandpa was a butcher. And they'd go, the whole family that owned this butcher plant would go to the um, the stockyards and they'd buy a, a, a bull and they'd all share the meat as a whole thing. And I was so hopeful that when he passed that I could wear his hat. I could have yeah. his hat. His Stetson could be my hat. I was really optimistic about this. And there was this moment where my mom, very sweetly, she just goes, you should try it on. Hands it to me. And oh, I'm just no, looking at it. Size stuff, and I yeah. put it on my giant melon head. That's and too it small. did not fit. I, I have a giant melon your head. Your grandpa just really tiny? Because well, it's not like no. you have a big head. No, I have a giant melon head. Really? So uh, my head is bigger than Foley's. You wouldn't think Wait, it. what size is your head? I am a... I I'm, a, seven, a giant, I'm a seven... men seven and a half, I think. I'm not a giant melon head. Uh, I'm just... I have a yeah, large head. Yeah, this is seven and a half. 
I this my is Yankees a, cap is a seven and a half. Uh, hmm, it's weird. It's a. Seven, this is scintillating conversation. Anyway, what? Welcome to more Howdy Hill podcast. Hey, let me what finish my story size? about my fa- grandfather's hat. You fucker. So, <laughs> my mom and it's just like I, my heart just br- drops into my chest because I really, I really. Well, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. but my mom, she takes it and she just kind of smiles to herself and puts it on her head. Fits perfectly. And Was this her dad? So good. Yeah. Oh, well then, well, yeah. So, it is meant to be. Anyway. And what you do, you spend the next 30 years on a diet for your head. Brain Hopefully diet? your head will shrink by the time your I've mom I've been playing passes. enough video games, you thought, think, <laughs> that take care of that. Is there a way to make your head smaller? It can be, like, you need Chinese bracing? No. Where, like, it'll push up the top of your head, but at least, like, be narrow enough it'll, you can put the hat on? I'm sure had I started when I was a baby and, you know, s- strapped some blocks to my head like a Mayan, I bet you... I bet you I could. I could see you as a little girl running around Texas with just like books strapped to your head. <laughs> and a big thick rope tied around. I must wear grandpa's hat. <laughs> grandpa's hat. Grandpa's hat. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so what's up? What'd you do this week? Aside from get a hat uh, and go to. Uh, fuck the fourth. I had nothing. I watched 1776 for like yeah. two times in a week and fucking. <laughs> what the hell? I worked. I've been yeah. super busy working on a new video. I'm working on a, 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 a link to the past map. That's awesome. And so I've just kind of been cranking on that. Yeah, I feel bad. Grumpy Turtle, uh, he keeps someone to play games with me. I just haven't. The only thing I've been playing is still Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. And even then, that's only just a couple minutes a day. It's not like I'm sitting yeah, down and just like, playing the hell out I've of Animal Crossing. The only game I've played this last week was Animal Crossing. Any Anything crazy happened in Animal Crossing? I got some street passes in Canada. Oh, yeah? That was pretty exciting. So you did Did you not uh, did, uh, download the new street pass games? I, I don't think they're you expensive. Can. They're fifteen bucks oh, no. for four games. Ooh. But these games, there's actually. So have you? You've played the other games? Yeah. Though? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like like uh, the street find pass. Find me. And... Yeah. And, well, it hasn't always just been. There's find me, and then there's the puzzle one, yeah, and that's, that's it. it. This one adds. Well, these games are actually kind of cool because there's actual depth and skill. It's not just random. Like yeah, here's a really puzzle random. piece. Yeah. Find me is just like he. You hit the button and the person you hire just does the one mm-hmm. thing and that's it like there's a yeah. shooting game oh really where you're the people you street pass with they they become your guns so you oh, can't what? play by yourself well it's it's, <laughs> it's like a side scrolling kind of like a, not like a galaga but like a parodius or something like yeah. that except yeah uh whoever you street pass with they become little baby ships that hover around <laughs> your ship and they fire guns and depending on what color that your yeah. uh, street pass people choose like i i hired i used a street pass coin to hire you to be one of my gunmen oh yeah because you chose your favorite color is red you yeah. shot flames out of your mouth nice and like one guy he his favorite color was blue and so he shot homing sharks what out that home in on people and sharks and all this crazy shit and really it is just like there's multiple stages and it's actual skill based like like yeah. you can get through with only one person if you're really good yeah. Just like, you know, just shooting bad guys and getting to the end boss and shooting, you know, the boss 15,000 times in the eye until they explode. And then you mm-hmm. get a new hat for your me. Nice. And yeah, it's, 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 there's one that's this really in-depth one that's all about gardening. What? And crossbreeding plants. What? And you like you when you street pass with people, they come to your house and they they they, they will water your plant and make it bigger. What? But then also you can crossbreed your plants with your street pass friends. Nuts. Where it's not really a game, it's a gardening simulator. This is nuts, and it's Phil. really kinda deep. It's really fucking weird. It's a hell of a lot deeper than you got the puzzle piece. Yeah. Put the yeah. puzzle piece on the wall. Yeah. And then there's like this no like a Romance of the Three Kingdoms Japanese feudal Seriously? army simulator game. And the last one is it's actually the simplest one is a haunted house thing. Oh yeah. Where you've got this cute little assistant who you get trapped with her in this haunted house and 
and uh, the 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 you get pieces of a map that mm-hmm. let you try to get out of this haunted house from, okay. from, from people. But they are still also fighting ghosts. It's almost like Luigi's Mansion. But okay. That's like fifteen bucks for all four of those games, which is like I said, it's a little steep. But yeah. like, if you're going to PAX or something like that, if yeah. you know you're going to be street passing yeah. anytime soon, you want to get oh, on. Oh man, shit. PAX! So I've been on the fence about PAX. Yeah. Oh shit! I totally forgot about that. So, yeah. So what? So con- you last made a night- decision. <sighs> Conley just made it more fucking difficult for me. Yeah. I had a, I went out and hung out with my, I can't remember if I talked about this. I went out and hung out with my friend Yanneman. And Yanneman is, Yanneman is an awesome guy. He is one of the Fulbright crew. And they decided that they were not going to show their game Gone Home at PAX because the PAX, Penny Arcade has just been too. Yeah, the fact they're not going to be, which is funny that I'm complaining about them not being there because you know them. I could probably go to their house and play yeah. their game if I yeah. wanted to, right? Not their right now. Their game is coming out like, soon, dude. Oh, it is? It's within the next well, couple of months. Yeah, but I, like, part of the one thing is I wanted to go to PAX and play their game. Yeah. That PAX would be the worst context to play their game. I'll what are you talking you about? Just because it's like you're a girl <laughs> wandering a house. Just because it's a quiet, lonely exploration game and it's convention hall would be nice just, i would want to check no it out, i know I, yeah i'm being a dick yeah but anyway i want to get some of their super expensive swag that they're gonna <laughs> so uh anyway i was talking to yanaman and uh, yeah they decided not to go to pax because penny arcade has been so problematic and has a history of being problematic and uh and i was talking to him about it and he's he, he basically he was like well you know what annie there's a big difference between us as a company making a statement and taking a stand versus an individual person. Yeah. Because, I'm and really, me not going is nothing. Is well, it doesn't like, affect anything. It doesn't affect anything. It it's just, not a protest yeah. or anything. It's just, yeah. But, no, my friend Conley, who's on Ladylike with me, is a monster. And she, last <laughs> night, she looks at me and she goes, if you come to PAX, I'll introduce you to Tim Schaefer. Oh, really? Wait, how does she know Tim Schaefer? You should, I, like I said, I got the hotel room. I've got tickets for both of us. <laughs> All you really, all you'd have to do is talk to work and get get that yeah. weekend off. Yeah. That's all you really need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I even bought two two train tickets just in case. Did you buy two train tickets? Well, I'm a big fat guy, so if I have the extra seat, oh, then I just yeah, yeah. spill over. Oh. But I do have the two train tickets too, just even in case for some reason you can't get a train. The train ticket, ticket is the cheapest part. It's like, like it's like fifty bucks. It's, it's gonna say no for two. Like each ticket is like twenty. Yeah, I was gonna bucks. say it's like, like twenty five dollars. Yeah. So that's why I had no problem throwing down for two. Just for, oh. e- 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 I should just go to PAX. Just fucking go to PAX. Foley keeps. You have a month and a half to decide. Foley keeps telling me she's well, like, no. you have to go and you have to podcast every night. That's what Foley keeps telling me. I mean, we could do that. Like, ah. Well, uh, listeners are going to be there. We've had yeah. listeners asking us. Okay. You should probably, okay. by okay. the end of the month, you should probably, you got two to weeks to think about it. I'll you want to go to PAX? You're making that commitment? Okay. Fuck. Well, can you talk to work though? That's the big thing. Oh yeah, I can get off work. Oh, okay, okay, it's, okay, okay. It's a weekend. I don't work weekends. Okay, we will do PAX. What if we go to PAX and just not go to the show floor? <laughs> That's how we protest. Well, that's actually what uh, Fulbright's doing. They're going to be in Seattle. They've oh, got well, meetings that, that, that'd be kind of cool to hang. Well, uh, well Bill, they're going to be do- We do say, not hang. Because you hang go, out with those guys all say, the time. go to PAX Just and hang, hang out with people, people who live like a mile away. Who's the, who's, the, who's the head guy of the studio? Steve Gaynor. Yeah, he's walking around tweeting from like outside of the front of my house. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. He's like, here's a picture of Bill's cats. <laughs> well, Bill's not home. I don't even know Bill, but I'm just happy we in the neighborhood. Here are these fucked up ducks. Yeah. <laughs> Why are the ducks so loud in this neighborhood? Why not? Can I hear Bill and Annie podcasting right now? I know I should go home work and finish Gone Home. But no, yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? If you go to PAX, you will be able to see an Xbox One controller from 500 feet away. <laughs> because you're not going to get in that line, nope. but you're going to walk past nope. and go, oh, well, that's a video game console. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I, like I said, I would even if you never should uh, step foot on the show floor, I'd go over to, for the panels and to hang out. Yeah. And you could, like, like, 
it's packed enough you could easily do that packs. without ever even like going on the noisy yeah. ass bullshit yeah. floor. Yeah. Fucking packs. Yeah. Like I said, the hotels Garbage. are really, like you know you, you wouldn't even that Garbage. much be much that much of a money expenditure because like I said, I've already paid for everything, so that's cool. With all your fat dollars. But what'd you do this week? Um, I guess I browbeat you into going to packs. <laughs> I did everything. Andy did nothing. I did nothing this week. I watched Lawrence of Arabia. I fell into this thing ever since I watched um, Citizen Kane two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I started falling in this habit of the last three weeks of uh, my Saturday night, I will watch an old classic movie I've never seen before. Do you, did you buy Lawrence of Arabia on Blu-ray? I already... Actually, I bought it a couple months ago because it was I on sale for it? like... It was on sale for like nine bucks. I have never seen Lawrence of Arabia. It's... Don't spoil me on it because I really do want to see it. I know a bunch enough about bad. it. It's not bad. It's just I expect it to be a little bit more. No, it, no, the movie itself is actually good. I'm not actually disappointed in the movie. I'm disappointed in the main character, Larry mm-hmm. of Arabia. <laughs> because he's a little, he's a bit of a cipher. Yeah. Um, I can, we well, you know, we can talk about it next week. If you watch it this sometime this week. I we'll would actually like podcast. to watch that. Uh, I, let's put it this way. I can see why um, Blade Runner put him in Alien 2. <laughs> Can we? That just doesn't work if I just call a director by one of the movies he's directed. No, I can see why Ridley Scott uh, made um, Michael Fassbender kind of base his performance off of Peter O'Toole as Lawrence of Arabia. Because it's still like, like not even just the haircut, but like some of the mannerisms where he's so eager to please and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, but still kind of weirdly cold and kind of off putting. Yeah. Like, that's that's part of Pierre O'Toole's performance. Yeah. That's not just Michael Fassbender pulling shit out of his ass. And yeah. It's a little bit weird to have main character of a four-hour movie just be that kind of, like, a emotionally cold. distant yeah. like, from the audience. Yeah. It's, not, it's not like he's a bad guy. It's not like he's murdering children or anything yeah. like that. But he's just a little bit... We'll, we'll talk about it next week. It's not a big yeah. deal. I'm but it's super goddamn pretty. And especially it. on Blu-ray. It's super yeah. goddamn pretty. Super sounds great. Yeah. And, uh... Oh! Except, like, was it Anthony Quinn, the American actor? He shows up. He's supposed to be, like... One of the leaders of the Arabs, the, mm-hmm. the Bedouin Arabs, he's got this fake ass nose though. Aww. This is something you probably wouldn't notice on, like even on DVD or something a little bit lower resolution, but on Blu-ray, yeah, you can just tell he has this nose that is slightly off color from the rest of his skin, so you can tell it's just made of a different material. Yeah, and it's this big Arab nose, and it just kind of like Bill. I'm shocked, shocked about an old movie with problematic racial casting. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I think the only actual Arab in the whole movie yeah. is Omar Sharif. Yeah. Yeah, you've got uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi shows up, and he's all, like, trying to do an Arab accent, and it's just him being Obi-Wan Kenobi, except sometimes he just kind of draws a little... That's more like he's from Texas than, than the Arab Peninsula. Mm. But no, it's a good movie. Yeah. I'm looking... I, thank end. you. Thank you for letting me borrow it. Yeah. And he just literally just put the Blu-ray in her bag. Yeah. Thank you, Billy. How was Templar? Oh, Templar. Okay, talk about so... Some Templar. Is this, this is something that I yeah it's by Jordan Mechner who yeah, did The Last Express and uh, Prince of Persia etc. I'm literally looking this up on Amazon right now to so my wish list. I'm going to tell you that so we had a boy Hattie listener ask us to talk more about Last of Us and there's some things that I feel so strongly about and so connected to that it's very hard for me to speak of them much less not even critically just speak of them because my connection is so like close that it's really hard for me to talk about. And Templar is one of those things, which is hilarious because it's really just a boy's adventure. No, I finished it and I cried. I had five crying fits over the course of two hours. Mm -hmm. Um, It's any, anyone else in the universe will pick it up and go, that's cute. (laughs) You know, it's one of those things. Cause it's really just, it is a three musketeers type adventure. What kind of that level of 
um, seriousness and goofiness and that kind of level of historical touch. Except it's about the fall of the Templars. Is this a whole graphic novel? Yeah, okay, it's 480 yeah. pages. Okay. They originally had released the first... It's three books. They had Did... released the first book standalone a couple of years ago as a book called Solomon's Thieves. Yeah. And then rather than Oh, you publishing... let me borrow that. I need to give it back yeah. to you. Yeah. Oh, I don't need it anymore because now I know, it's a beautiful still... hardcover. Uh... But, um, so oh, it's they... actually hardcover too. Oh, it's okay. gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's a beautifully produced book. Uh... The art is so fantastic. The coloring is top-notch. I uh, really you can get like it for thirty story. bucks from Amazon right now. Oh my god, I love it so much. So the Fall of the oh, Templars is brand new. He really did just come literally out, yeah. just came out. Uh, the Fall of the Templars is a fascinating story, and no one really has fictionalized it. Um, the whole the reason why Friday the Thirteenth is considered a cursed day because <clears> it was like October Friday, October Thirteenth, and like thirteen whenever yeah. that the Templars were summarily were rounded up summarily executed for uh, after accusations of heresy and and uh, sodomy and all these other things and so that, really, a- that act had such resonance that, yeah. that forever stained that day yeah so the the re- in reality the templars were just really powerful and uh, because when you joined the Templars, you gave up all of your money and all your possessions. So they had all this land. They functioned as bankers to a lot of countries, and a lot of countries were deeply in debt to them and did not like that and also wanted their fabulous wealth. Yeah. On top of that, the whole point of the Templar order was to protect and guide pilgrims and route to the Holy Land. And that becomes really problematic once the Holy Land is lost. So the um, uh, King of France was like, oh, I want that money. Oh, they have too much power. I'm going to take that money. Rounds up all the Templars and accuses them of these crimes. The Pope is in this bind because there are all these terrible accusations and the Templars are being tortured to the point of confessing to anything. And um, the Pope decides that all he can do to remain, to gain, keep some semblance of power is take over the investigation. Mm -hmm. So all Templars everywhere are rounded up. And it's a real, but the whole, the twist is, is that the, the great Templar treasure was never found. To this day, it is it is a mystery what happened to their wealth, what the riches. Hmm. And uh, so this story uh, hypothesizes what happened to that treasure. What I also like about it is the Templars are so often cast as villains. Yeah. Like, you only encounter them in popular fiction as villains or at least deeply problematic. I didn't even notice it. It only seemed like in the last, like, 10, 15 years I started seeing every time Templars show up and everything that the bag is between Assassin's Creed and Kingdom of Heaven. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and like, uh, when I was a kid, Templars uh, were kind of held up as... Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Well, you're thinking of, like, so your context for Templars is, like, Indiana Jones. Well, really secular stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, even beyond that, like, really, like, uh, he, the Templars inspired the saint. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying, yeah, that you kind know, of stuff, like yeah, exactly. But, like, it's, there, and there are a lot of conspiracy theories about the Templars, that the Templars still exist and actually are taking over the world or parts of world well, that Assassin's Creed, you don't remember, But, like, yeah. like uh, fucking uh, Dan Brown and all his fucking Da Vinci Code books, mm-hmm, that's yeah. the core of it. And um, there are more, there are actual legitimate conspiracy theories, like, not legitimate, but, you know, like, a- around all this. And, uh, like, the Templars are protecting the blood of Christ, which is a metaphor for the descendants of, yeah. of Christ. Blah, well, that blah, is, blah. Yeah. But uh, very rarely do you see the Templars depicted in fiction as what they were. Were the knights were... in, in Last Crusade supposed to be Templars? Yeah. The, the, the three knight brothers? That yeah. Are sp- okay. Yeah. He's, I can he's called I can the re- Templar. I couldn't re- specifically remember if they actually used the word Templar, because I know they're French knights, but I didn't know. Mm. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, is that this is there are only a handful of works of fiction that I have consumed that convey the knights in the way that they were, which is they were. I, I find the Templars fascinating because it was this mix of men who genuinely believed and wanted to seek redemption. Yeah. And you know how you can, if you have a prison sentence, you can join the army. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of that. It was like, well, you're a rapist and a thug and a murderer, but you can go. So you're saying there were a lot of uh, Buster the... Bluths. Yes, yes, there were. 
So there it was, you know, it was Aww. a fascinating thing because there are these men who vowed poverty, chastity, and um, and service in an organization that was enormously powerful and filled with with not necessarily good men. Mm-hmm. And I find that conflict fascinating. And the characters in this book, all the Templars you meet, are what, troubled what, what, men in what, different what's ways. The, what's the plot of the book? Like, uh, who are the characters? So the protagonist is this guy named Martin. Um, who's this swarthy bloke with a broken nose, and I am in love with him. And he's, uh, he and his brothers, oh, man, I can't even talk about this book, I can start crying. All these Templars, this is far enough in the Crusades, this is the end, like, the end of the Crusades, and, and, and things have not gone well, and this is the end of the Templars. None of, one of the refrains in this book is that this none is like of the these men. the 13th century? Yeah, mm-hmm. none of these men have seen Jerusalem. Like, this is this whole thing where it's like, I never saw Jerusalem. Oh! Anyway, so these guys are Templars, and they're... Uh, well, where does the book take place? France. Oh, Paris, yeah, France. Yeah. Paris, particularly, for the most part. And around Paris. So these are these three bros. Uh, Martin and his two bros are uh, in Paris with the Templars there. And um, they uh, go out for a night of secret debauchery. And while they're out, the Templars are rounded up and sent off to prison for this crime. So, so they manage to escape... And uh, they're trying to figure out what to do. They meet up with these fallen Templars, these guys who just become knights, or excuse me, uh, bandits and outlaws, who know where the Templar treasure is. And so they decide, first, they're going to steal the treasure um, so that the basically these corrupt, evil, this evil French guy can't get it. Uh, and, and then take it to England, where the Templar Brotherhood are headquartered, yeah. and give it to the brothers there. Well, they find out when they're trying to, you know, enact this plan, that the Templar Brothers everywhere have been arrested. There's nowhere to take this treasure to. So, Martin Martin keeps telling himself... Is this he's leading, like, like, directly into this, this, the, the Purge? The, the the Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, you see it. it oh, you I mean, actually happens. see it. That is, well, the opening. Actual, yeah. The opening. The, the book opens on like the twelfth. Oh, that's actually when it's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I and like maybe this is like leading up in the months to you, that. The, actually, like there's that. a really great sequence where they are burned at the stake, and it's just fucking. Oh, it's so there's a great torture sequence. It's just such a good comic. I just love. This is it. a one-off. It's not going to be a continuing series or anything. Well, like I mean, it's a three-part. Well, you said it was already book. collected stuff, but I don't know if it was. Yeah, I mean, there were. Further, it was yeah. planned to be three books, and it's a very self-contained little uh, story. So this is by George Magner, the Prince of Persia guy. Yeah, yeah, he wrote a pretty good Prince of Persia comic. Too. Is every panel just his brother? He just uh, took yes, photos Bill. of his brother and just traced That's a over. Really it. good joke. There's Bill. lots of running and jumping. It's a really good joke. It's only 500 pages because each page is like four photos of like his brother gearing up to jump over a cliff. Jumping over the cliff. I could keep talking about Templar. I could spend this whole podcast just talking about this fucking comic, but I'm not. Well, going let to me read it. Straight. We could actually talk about it uh, so, in depth sometime. I, dude, I don't know, man. I have. It's really hard for me. I tried to talk to someone about it last night, and I. You were just like, you don't understand the depth of my like. You're like yeah, yeah, it's like, one you, of those like, things. Your appreciation where, for it is just like. Yeah. It means so much to me. It's. I mean, it's a Robin Hood story, is what it is, and it's just. It like many Robin Hood stories. The best Robin Hood stories are not about Robin Hood. You want to find someone to drift with. Yes, Bill. That is exact. Actually, yes, that is exactly what I want. Yeah. About this fucking. Will Foley read it? Yeah. Oh yeah, she's gonna read it. Yeah. But she, you know, no one, no one will feel like, like this book is so my button. It's one of your. Yeah, yeah. Buttons. It's it, this, this is, is one of your books. The the phrase that I that came up with talking to someone about it online was that it really feels like a love letter from a person I've never met, and it's just for me, and it's just it means so much to me. It's just this dumb adventure novel that no one else will care about, and mm-hmm. but it means so much to me. It means so much to me. Templar. How are you going to feel when it gets announced it's being turned into a movie starring? 
uh, Zac Efron. Zac Efron. <laughs> Justin Bieber Just- in his acting <laughs> debut. Who is the guy who played Prince of, Pr- Pr- played Prince of Persia? Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, it would be Jake Actually, Gyllenhaal he would have been a much better Martin than he would have been a uh, fucking fucking prince uh, i can't lose that movie at least i had get what get out of no that is the movie that taught me that <laughs> Je, that brought jim arden to my attention so i owe i owe that movie that you know what much. congratulations on finding a book that hit you that hard though <sighs> just right i'm serious even right now you I, look like you've been run like you were fine when we started recording or right now you look like you just like like talk to your parents on their deathbed or something Foley like that. Yeah. was so concerned about me because I was just weeping hysterically. When did you read this? Like day before yesterday? I've been reading it slowly for a while, but I finished it yesterday yeah. morning. And, and lost I your shit for a day. Started weeping. At least you had the day off yesterday. At least you didn't have to finish it and have to go to work. Just big fat tears. She was really concerned. See, this is like me with some of the Stephen King stuff. Well, maybe not even so much because I like his world and stuff, but I don't know, like emotionally, if I get wrapped up in some of his stuff that much. His last Dark Tower book, not yeah. the actual Dark Tower book, the but the when. Through the keyhole book they had last year kind of hit me a little bit like that. Yeah. Not quite as enraptured as you are by this. Yeah. Well, also, you only, it's so rare that you get a hit of yeah, that's stuff like this for you exactly. for, with your own particular interest. You enjoy a lot of stuff, but there's yeah. really something that's so within your wheelhouse yeah. that it just fucks you up from the inside out. That's like that. what yeah. it is. It's like there is very, I, that's exactly it. I'm an enthusiast. I like getting excited about things. I like a lot of things. Uh, but yeah, it's very rarely that something feels like it's mine and mine alone and that's how i feel felt about tom far so that's why i can't bring myself sure, to, ta- to really pax dude i will kiss his face if you should I'm, actually who, i'm, I'm gonna know. send him i'm gonna send him a big, actually that's that's you should do something i'm sending like him that. a big email no this is yeah. really between this and prince of persia the sands of time these are two huge cultural no, things. how would you go about making this your project for this week think about how you'd make a game out of this book out of templar yeah mm, it would mm, no Oh, a puzzle game? Like this, Tetris? A hide-and-seek Just... game? That's it. <laughs> oh, God. A mystery. Uh... Anyway, so I'm going to send him a big sloppy blowjob of an email. Is what I'm trying to say here. Okay. Because this guy, this book. Fuck. Fuck. <sighs> Ass vittles. I, yeah, but I can't tell anyone to read it because I don't think I could make eye contact with anyone who's read it. And hear their thoughts and feelings about it. It's just weird. It'd be weird. This is like asking someone to look at your vagina, but like... You don't want to see yes, your honest Bill. opinion about what your that title looks exactly like. You can look at like. it. We should turn around. I feel very bad. raw about it's this. It's a personal book. private very thing. That's what I'm saying. And private. There are some things. Yeah. That, some things you consume that feel very raw and private. Uh, and I feel like I can only talk to people that I really trust about it. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. It's really weird. Templar. It is not worth all this emotion, but <laughs> I totally. Oh, I have not cried that hard about a book in a long time. Is it as good as Difficult Men, a book about horrible people and making uh, HBO TV shows? <laughs> no. This this hit me almost as hard hey, as Bill. that. Hey, Bill. Hey, way to not turn we down We got an your... email. Shut up. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was trying to... I was, I, that was a perfect transition I was trying to do. <laughs> no, because we will talk more about Templar because I will totally read it. And we can talk about it on the I podcast. Can't. You can glare at me while I'm like... Ah! Templar, where's the Holy Grail? And here's There's the actually like, a really good. This is one of those things uh, where I like joke in it. This is what this is one of those things where I, I would try to reach out to you by like reading this book. <laughs> and I would just aggravate you more I than know, if I never tried to yes, read it. Exactly. I, exactly. There's only there's there's only. There's only the one thing worse than having a mentally ill person running around <laughs> is if you suddenly give that mentally ill person a gun. <laughs> and the, yeah. it's one I desperately want everyone to read it, but I desperately want to yeah to drift with them so they can feel what yeah, I feel it's about this. It's not just this. about ideas. It's not like oh, did you like the page art on page forty five? This silly adventure. No, you just want to mind fuck someone else using this as a butt fuck condom dick in your brain. 
Appreciate that. I wasn't gonna use those words. But I'm just saying. He'll tell me about. But isn't intimate? Not. I'm not saying it's sexual. But isn't that intimate? That's yeah. a, that's a legitimate thing to say about an experience with with something someone else art, made. It, art in its best form. Yeah, that's this is art doing you. what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Art yeah. had just. It's unfortunate. You. Somebody. Some people. They. They. The only feelings they feel about this are like My Little Pony. But no, but that's no, not any less valid. Bill, Bill, well, this I is guess a book, I am. A dumb shit book about like no, when, night when, adventures. When people were like, man, when Doctor Hooves showed up, that really hit me right <laughs> but here. But it does. Like everyone has their no, thing that, reach, re- that reaches them deep inside. Also, fuck you. You've totally been that person where Doctor Who has touched you deep. No, I'm talking about Doctor Hooves, <laughs> the character on My Little Pony. <laughs> Don't be a dick. But Doctor Bill. Who- don't be a dick. Tell me about difficult men. When Doctor Who you said, "Men, I tell me about difficult men." Tell me about difficult men. <laughs> difficult men. I finally finished this book. I mentioned this last week. This is a book that just came out. It's a big hardback book. It's uh mostly it's it's actually this guy. Um, he um this guy the guy who wrote the book actually worked on The Sopranos. Yeah. And so he interviews the guy who invented the invented The Sopranos. And it pretty much talks about the whole uh, HBO revolution of television in the last decade. And so he's talking to the guys who created uh, The Sopranos, The Wire, was it Breaking Bad, Mad Men, about pretty much how those shows came to be mm-hmm. and just like their place in, in TV history and stuff like that. I finished it. This is a book no one should read because if you read this book, you will not <laughs> want to watch any of these fucking shows because all these guys are miserable fucking cockasses. The guy who invented The Sopranos was like a frustrated film writer who fancies himself like this creative god that no one else can understand. The guy who wrote, who created The Wire was this writer who just kind of schlubbed around with Baltimore detectives for 10 years. And he just totally self-loathing and just, like, really miserable. The guy who wrote Mad Men is just, like, this piece of shit. Just, like, really snotty, kind of snide, just kind of, like, Weasley son of a bitch. The only good person that they talk they, they explicitly mention the the, the, the the end of the book, which is actually the real reason why I wanted to read this book, was I wanted to see what he had to say about the, the guys who make Breaking Bad. Because that yeah. was my favorite TV show out of all the ones they talk about in here. And only Breaking Bad gets like 20 pages at the end of the book. Barely anything. All I had to say is, oh, this is the happiest writer's room in Hollywood. <laughs> That's actually the name of the chapter. Where everyone talks about how awesome Vince Gilligan, the guy who created Breaking Bad, is. Yeah. And like the, the, the guy, he's he, he has transcripts of him hanging out in the writer's room. Everyone's just hanging out, having a good time. No one's got egos or problems. They're just like, hey, let's blow up people. Let's have fun. <laughs> and like all the rest of the book is just miserable assholes. Just like... Oh, they're fucking... Oh, the guy who made Deadwood. He is fucking crazy. His original idea for, <laughs> for Deadwood... Uh-huh. Well, he's one of these guys who's super fucking flaky. He seems kind of like a genius, but he's also one of those guys who, like, I will have a TV show that is about ants. <laughs> and how they're, like, people... Or something like that. Like, you see his other pitches for TV shows and why he, like, almost none of the TV shows he ever gets pitches gets made because he's, like, super drugged out fucking maniac guy. His original idea for Deadwood, though, when when HBO first came to him and said, hey, would you make a TV show for us? He's like, yes, I have a TV show idea for you. I've been thinking about this forever. This is what I'm going to do. It's going to be about the cross. And they're like, what? He's like, yes, I want to have a TV show that is all about the symbol of the cross and how society organizes itself around the symbol of the cross. I want to have this take place in in Rome, 
and about how just the symbol of cross either causes people to persecute other people or inspires people to do good and inspires other people to take advantage of the people doing good or like pretty much just building a community around the cross like pretty much the beginning of christianity during the roman times he, that he wanted that to be a tv show and hb was like oh fuck we already got the show called rome choose something yeah. else and he was like okay well i'll just swap out the cross and i'll just make a tv show about how society organizes itself around another symbol and that'll be gold and i'll make it about the wild west <laughs> and that's how i made deadwood <laughs> But so basically, that how was... is Deadwood any good, is what you're saying. Yeah! <laughs> but like, that was kind of interesting. Like, the things you learned about what went into the making yeah. of these shows. Oh, and, yeah. Like, That's all the, I mean, there's a lot of Hollywood stuff about this guy signed to deal with this guy, and this guy fucked over this guy, and this guy got pissed off at this guy and went over here and he made this TV show, which was now bigger than the guy. Uh, all, all that kind of stuff. It's interesting, but, man, yeah, really, like, any of these TV shows will make you just, like, The Wire, I'm just like, I like The Wire, but man, I don't know if I want to watch The Wire again, just knowing how, uh, like, not just like miserable, but all of these men are fucking terrible human beings. Yeah. How self-important they are, and how they're just, just trying to destroy anyone who usurps them in their own writing rooms. Yeah. And about how they just treat their underlings, the other, the other people they have writing for them, for their own TV shows, they treat them like shit. Yeah. And just like, they'll go on record, this isn't like some sneaky expose. Right. Like, a lot of this stuff, it's, it's, it's this guy's interviewing the creators... Yeah. But also interviewing, like, their staff and stuff. So it's not, like, just hearsay. This is, like, the creators coming yeah, out and just being mouth. assholes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like, well, at least they're honest about it. But damn. Ooh. Except for Vince Gilligan, the Breaking Bad guy. So at yeah. least, I, if I came away, at least with one thing, it was that, yeah, at least I can bre- watch Breaking Bad with a clear conscience. Which is funny, because Breaking Bad's kind of, like, the most fucked up TV I show know, of all. I know, that's the most It's kind of the most, like, grindingly, like, oh, sad. So That's pretty great. So, Bill, anyway. what about the Woos Noom and board Broadwalk Umpire? <laughs> so, HBO! HBO! HBO's! Uh-huh. This, this, this is my week where I try to get... Uh, I forgot we have a new sponsor this week. It's called HBO. <laughs> HBO's. You should, guys, you should subscribe to HBO's. They're good. <laughs> no, um, so uh, on iTunes this week, HBO had like their drama sampler. Where you can get the pilots for... Was it Breaking Bad? No, not Breaking Bad. The uh, Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. The Newsroom. And Game of Thrones for like three bucks. Yeah. Especially your, for one pack, you're buying for, the yeah. pilot of one each of those for like a buck. Yeah. And I, only, of course, I have Game of Thrones, but I'd never seen the newsroom or Boardwalk Empire before. Yeah. But this pilot's pretty good. For the three bucks I spent, yeah. that shit was definitely worth it. Um, Do you know anything about those two shows? Yeah, sort of. Newsroom? Yeah. Aaron Sorkin? Yeah. Man, have you seen any of that yet? I saw a clip from it, and I was just like, oh, Aaron I Sorkin. watched the pilot with Dylan. We were both laughing, because it is the most Aaron, Aaron I Sorkin never. You know, I know. you know how they say, Ron Perlman, he says war. War never changes. Yes. Aaron Sorkin never changes. That should be... <laughs> so the newsroom. Aaron Sorkin is like a cartoon character of Aaron Sorkin. He is, he is you know, girl talk. Like remixes all those music albums. Yeah, it's just like the same shit. This is what he does with his own shit. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, okay, so the newsroom. It starts off with this newscaster flipping out in front of a whole f- a whole room full of people about how America's fucked up, because that's how Studio oh, that Sixty the on the Sunset Strip <laughs> starts off with a TV personality. He wasn't a newscaster, but I forget who it was. T- freaking out about how terrible the state of TV is. Yes. Yes. So he just recycles that for the newsroom. Yeah. So in the newsroom, he, he this guy, this newscaster who's played by Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> he almost gets fired but doesn't get fired. 
Which is just, just like Josh Lyman from the pilot of the West Wing. But now he's gonna he's he his whole staff leaves and he gets a new staff. His ex girlfriend's gonna be his new producer on his TV show. The fucking sports night. <laughs> yeah. And not only does Dumb and Dumber have to work with his sexy ex girlfriend producer lady, but there's also a second couple. It's who is comprised of his sexy girlfriend's news uh, producers, uh, her protege, sassy protege, and. Also, the news guy's kind of like his protege. They're kind of flirting, just like that couple on the on 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 Sports, Sports Night, Night too. Yeah. Just like everything, there's no original ideas. It's just yeah. I mean, it's still more intricate and the writing's still clever, but just in terms of like, the, the, the characters and just like the, I mean, this is just judging from the from the pilot. So who knows how this changes over the course of the first season? But it's just like it's just like and, you know, because, Aaron Sorkin be Aaron Sorkin because it takes place in, in the newsroom it's yeah. all political stuff so yeah. everyone gets to expontify about like real like life political stuff so that's just like the West Wing so between mm-hmm. the West Wing Studio 60 yeah. and Sports Night it's yeah. just if you took three of those in the blender just put them together then you have the newsroom oh, and there's an older guy who's in charge of the news uh, network that everyone's on mm-hmm. who is instead of instead of Lion King <laughs> I knew you were gonna say Lion King keep going it's, it's Law and Order. Oh, okay. It's Sam Waterston. Yeah. He's drunk. It's, <laughs> instead of black, he's drunk. So I guess everyone's got to have, like... I, well, that's what John Robert Gillum with. That was kind of his... Until he had the stroke, his defining characteristic was, oh, I am old and black, and I hear stories from when I was old and black. Oh, now no. it's Sam Waterston saying, when I was old and not alcoholic I don't know. But it's not bad. Yeah, it's just, it's just Aaron, Aaron Sorkin. Sorkin. Yeah, um, Aaron Sorkin Mad Libs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly, exactly. So that's that show. Um, but yeah, if you ever get bored, if you ever want to find it in a, in a dumpster, <laughs> actually, no, it's funny. Um, I was like, oh man, like I like the second season of the newsroom starts off on Monday. Actually, no, it starts off tonight. I think it starts on Sunday. And I was like, oh, this is actually not a second season of the pilot. And I'm like, I know I can use a hit of new Aaron Sorkin. That sounds. That's not a bad thing to it have. It sounds life. exhausting to me. I could see that, but I was like, I don't want to torrent it, but I don't want to pay like it's like forty dollars on iTunes. Yeah. And I was like, what can I do? I was like, I forgot. If only like there was a place where I could have DVDs of TV shows. Yeah. Mailed to my house. Yeah, like some sort like, of hmm. like movies or flicks. <laughs> because it's HBO, it's not going to be on Nets. streaming Netflix. No. But I was like. Oh, so I started up my disc shit on Netflix yeah. again just to get this. And also Boardwalk Empire, the pilot of that was actually pretty good, mm-hmm. too. That's Martin Scorsese. I didn't realize yeah. that was directed by Martin Scorsese. Yeah. This is all about... Um, Steve Buscemi. Just Steve call him Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Steve Buscemi, he's a gangster in Atlantic City in the 1920s. Yeah. There's not much to say about that, except there's a white guy. There's Al Capone. Yeah. And there's, everyone's, except for Steve Buscemi, everyone's, like, super young and badass and in their 20s. You should watch if you if you want to see guys in the, in the 1920s scarred, battle scarred from World War One. <laughs> Phil thinks desperately of a number. I think, I think like, um, but yeah, yeah, it takes place in the 1920s. And actually, the pilot starts off on the night that Prohibition kicked in. Oh, okay. presumably the whole course of the show right. is going to be how all these gangsters in Atlantic City survived during uh, the Prohibition. So everyone's, you know, bootlegging and stuff like that. Uh, the best part is, um, oh, no, the show, the production values are really gorgeous. Um, they actually recreated the whole Atlantic City boardwalk with all the mm-hmm. advertisements. It almost looks like Bioshock Infinite. Oh, With, yeah. like, the scope of everything that you're seeing. Uh, checking up on Wikipedia later, I found out that this was the most expensive pilot ever made for television ever. Cost really? Cost $18 million. Essentially a one-hour mini-movie. Because all the hmm. digital effects and all the big yeah, sets they had I'll to create it. to recreate 
1920s Atlantic City. Yeah. They really went went to town on that shit. So, I, like, I would imagine after the pilot, you almost see nothing of outside. I was going to say, <laughs> it's like, the budget like down. Rome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rome. Exactly. They're all yeah. giant battles off screen. Yeah. Oh, well, you, you, Game of Thrones kind of does that, but they'll yeah. last to a degree. But, Game like, of Thrones, a lot of I think, can pull it off a little more. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, there's some shows where it's just like, don't uh, look over also there. Game of Thrones is popular enough to justify that. Yeah. Well, who's watching Boardwalk Empire? So I <laughs> watch it, but it's still just like, yeah. it's fucking Steve Buscemi. Yeah. I like Game of Thrones. You've got all these sexy people in their 20s and 30s all fucking. Everyone's fucking all the time. Tits flying around. Dicks yeah. hanging out. Yeah. Everyone's kind of sexy and dragons and shit. Yeah. This one's you guys Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> this one scene where he's fucking a whore. You get to see almost all naked Steve Buscemi. I'm yeah. like, thanks HBO. <laughs> One scene of the whole pile, you see any kind of nudity or anything? You're like, oh, at least at least they're equal opportunity. Yep. Who's junk you're gonna That's see? Beautiful, and, beautiful. Uh, although the, the best part is, um, so there's a part where uh, Nucky, the the character played by Steve Buscemi, he there's a supper club that he tends to hang out at all the time, who's run by this lady called Babette, who's the super bitchin'. Uh, I thought she was a lesbian or, or at first, but she's totally like androgynous mm-hmm. in a super dapper twenty. 20- uh, tux with little you know, like little dapper tilted like uh, big tuxedo hat yeah and uh, little like short curls and stuff I'm like she's yeah. awesome she's a great character i hope she comes back later and then i was looking at what the the different cast members of boardwalk empire did before turns out she was one of the characters on deep space nine. Oh really she's the super sad alien lady who gets uh, daughter of the bad guy who gets killed yeah like she shouldn't come back as a hot kind of androgynous lady <laughs> i felt i was confused sexually for a moment <laughs> But I guess she does come back. And I do, there is, like, a whole movement online of, yay, that character, Babette. Yeah. She's, I hope she comes back. So I guess she is, like, a little bit of a character on the Good. show. But... Good. I'm glad to hear it. So, yeah, so speaking of, speaking pretty, of 20s, the yeah. one thing I did this week was um, I went to a 20s-themed wedding. Oh, which really? Was a friend of mine, a very sweet friend of mine. She looked so beautiful. It was so wonderful. But what was fascinating is I haven't been to many weddings in my life. I just haven't. And this was the most heterosexual wedding I've ever been to. Half the wedding party was Mormon. The oh, other no. half were um, sweet, alternative youth drunkies. <laughs> so like, it's a fascinating like blend. Drunkies or? Uh, not even I can't. Hipster is the wrong word. But you know what I mean. Just kind of like. But yeah, just young people who are too dumb to know that maybe they shouldn't get, uh, you know, alcohol poisoning. Anyway, <laughs> but what really shook me and made me so mad was the percentage of people at that wedding wearing polo shirts and shorts or unironed How hot untucked was it? short sleeve shirts it was indoors is... bill <laughs> it was a wedding oh my God. and i don't just there are a lot of was the this... young men like that and i'm like whatever you're a dumb shit and you sh- you're the mormons just a dumb... like this at all some of them wow it's a Portland, polo man. shirt to a wedding an untucked polo shirt and shorts. There was a man in flip-flops at a wedding. Flip-flops. My wife is there in her beautiful suit, looking so stunning. It's Portland, Jake. Ugh. What are you going to do? Fucking Did anyone complain un- about it other than you? No. What are you going to do? Go up to someone and say, you are dressed appropriately. <laughs> I wanted to. I could just see you scowling in the back. I was Arf. so mad. Arf. I'm like, okay, it's hard to be a dude, and half the dudes looks like they were wearing their dad's suit. Whatever. They were literally putting forward that an effort. Is there was one guy who was just in nice slacks and a long sleeve shirt where he'd rolled up the sleeves and a little tie. And I'm like, that's that's that is literally the bear. Yeah. Like that is great. He looks very handsome. Like you got it. 
But yeah, if don't the mudroom you wear... dress up better than you do yeah. at a wedding, you know you're fucking up. Oh, you polo shirt and shorts. You should have taken photos. I love your response was, was it outside? It was hot. Well, it's hot enough. No. I can see if it's toasty. Uh-huh. What? Fucking. It was such a beautiful. What was the music? Was it good? The third song they played was Gungam Style. <laughs> So here are all what these. That's a wedding. Here though. are all these Mormons. Was that the DJ like like that threw that on? Oh, you know it was totally their play. Their, yeah, their, their, I mean, it was yeah. the third song, Bill. It's not like the DJ at that point just making stuff up. <laughs> Foley was gonna. Foley's a great dancer, and Foley's like uh, the the bride had asked her to dance with her because Foley's a great dancer, and um, Foley's like I had to hear the right song. It was just like Earth, Wind, and Fire. There was some choreography to disco with the bride, the groom, the yeah. father of the bride, and the mother of the groom. Well, I, with it being a 20s-themed oh, wedding, I don't know how far dorks. they carried that with the music no, for, like, the first all. part of the wedding. There was some 40s music that was played, but no. They were dressed kind of 20s, which oh, is okay, adorable. Yeah. This bride was very sweet. She did, she's like, I didn't tell you the wedding was 20s-themed because I didn't want you to come in and, and pick on me for my historical inaccuracy. <laughs> I started laughing that she even thought I'd be that asshole. You guys are anal assholes. But then I looked at her, and I did think inside my head, you have too much front to wear those beads. <laughs> so that was an inside thought. So, anyway. You have too much front. <laughs> you got too much front. That's a, that's what Millie says in Thoroughly Modern Millie. Is something that what like it is? That. Okay. Something like that. Oh, man. But I, You know what? The weird thing is I realized uh, I also watched The African Queen last night. Between hmm. that, Lawrence of Arabia, um, even Citizen Kane, and even in the Boardwalk Empire. It's funny that like all, like most of the media I've ingested in the last two weeks uh, revolve heavily around World War One. Yeah. It's kind of a weird thing just in the last week. I yeah. just kind of noticed. So just throwing it out there. Yeah. I'm picking it up. Yeah. All right. So the one thing that we both consumed this week was Pacific Rim. And be a puppy see. cat. Oh, and be a puppy. Oh, let's talk about be a puppy cat first. I am obsessed Did with be a puppy my cat. Noodle? No. <laughs> I need a be a puppy cat drift. <laughs> I got. Well, I was like one twelve thirty last night. I was like, I feel like drawing something. I just, <laughs> okay, anyway. If my wife doesn't get it's a be a puppy cat tattoo, I'm gonna divorce her. Be a puppy cat. I mean, you can I, be, no, I'm already obsessed with being a puppy. You can be an asshole and be like, oh, it's just another part of the school, just weird adventure time oh, spinoff shit. Is, you are I such, don't give a shit. I would be the first person to say that. You are that, such a diminishing but asshole. But the voice is, so is the main character's name B? Yeah. Is, that, is she the B? Because I know yeah. she's a B on her sweater. She sounds like she's losing her mind. Yes, it's so good. Well, she is she sounds mind. like a real person, but it yeah. sounds like somebody you would never, th- ever want in a goddamn recording <laughs> what booth. What did she say? She's like, ah, you, you, what, you took too long, and I ate your candy. You That's t- what happened. I'm just saying, like, my guts. My <laughs> guts. It's just so like you were like, oh, my God, good. lasagna's gone. She sounds like... She sounds like the female me. I'm just like, ah, she does blah, actually blah, a little blah, bit. Blah, 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 she does a little bit. No, being Puppy Cat is a new cartoon... Uh, it, the the first episode is even out. It's just like a ten minute clip got released this week. Is who is it like the was it the character designer from uh, Natasha Allegri? She was uh I don't think she, she did I thought I think she, she did story Oh, that's what it is. She, she invented Fiona and Cake. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, so um oh, it's totally worth her leaving to make this cartoon. It's just because this cartoon even seems more batshit crazy than it's. I mean, I like the kind of batshit crazy it is. It just makes me so happy. Well, I just like the fact. That it's kind of like a normal girl just living in an apartment with like magic crazy I cat. I know. So good. There's like a farting uh, ladybug for no so reason. So good. But oh, like, so good. I love being. Puppy I love cat. that puppy cat is kind of imperious and weird. <laughs> yes. So and good. There's like there's an arbitrary dream sequence and there's oh, a whole so bunch good. of dancing baby puppy so cats. So good. I just love that it's just aggressively like, weird. Anything that's gonna be called 
being puppy cat from the get-go just sounds like that might be too twee, but then you watch nope. it and you're like, oh my god, this is fucking it's hilarious. Perfect. Oh, so good. It's, it's, I, it's, well, I don't want to say it's just Adventure Time for Girls, but it's nice that it's the most boring, not just, asshole. like, not, not that it's Adventure Time for Girls, but, like, the fact that the main character is kind of like Kate Beaton. Someone decided to make it, make, like, Adventure Time starring Kate Beaton. <laughs> Bill Why desperately thinks get? of all the female artists he can No, but she's got Kate Beaton hair and she doesn't have she wears Kate Beaton socks. Mm-hmm. She dresses like Kate Beaton. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying Kate you Beaton know, might want to see. You know, Kate Beaton and her uh, cat apron. I'm always wondering about that. Well, that's only for the opening scene. Why is she wearing the cat apron? The, it, I don't know. It's just, just her dress. She kind of looks dresses. like a Miyazaki. She looks like. Well, it's very deliberately anime inspired, what's, obviously. What's the main character from Howl's Moving Castle, the main lady? She kind of looks like that like that character specifically. Howlette. I can't remember. Or something her name. like that. I saw her. But yeah, no, like, I like she goes home, she actually has an apartment, she has to worry about jobs and rents. Yeah. You know, it's not just like, you so know, good. Finn and Jake living in, in so, yeah, a tree house. Yeah, Being Puppycat is free on the internet. It's part of Cartoon Hangovers. It's on YouTube and shit, yeah. But yeah, the main ca- whoever does is doing the voice for the oh, for B. So good. It's just so goddamn weird. So I saw good. uh Ashley Birch was like kicking herself for not having tried to get an audition to be well, on the show. Oh, I think she did. Oh, she did? She the implication was she did audition and she didn't make it. Oh, that sucks. Well, she wouldn't have how been did she that not? Role. Well, no, she I'm, I'm not saying her playing B. Yeah. But how did she not get a role in B and Puppy Cat? This seems to be custom designed for her with all the weird voices. The, well, no, the, the, I think the thing about that show is that the voices are what I like about it is the voices are not weird. They're kind of no, normal. no, 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 no. Well, her voice like, is and it's not, well, yeah. I'm not saying that she's intentionally being like blah, 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 blah. no, but, but yeah. like she's just like she has really odd line readings and stuff yeah. like that. She doesn't. She's not really projecting like I'm a voice actress, professional voice actress for cartoons. It's yeah. more just like. Oh, almost! It's almost like a Bob's Burgers quality yes. of just kind of naturalistic. Yeah, sort of but thing. still really funny and just so good. Yeah, so, so good. Being puppy, puppy cat. All this talk for just so ten, good. We talked about we talked about longer than it actually it even <laughs> it is, exists online yeah. right now. So. <laughs> so good. I'm super pumped about it. Oh, God. Uh, but we also saw uh, Pacific Rim. I call. I still want to call it Pacific Trim. <laughs> Literally, I'm gonna start. Uh, all I can remember from Pacific called... Rim, I'm not even joking. All I can remember from it is Idris Elba and his shoulders. Spoilers for Pacific and his Rim. butt and his mustache. Do you get to see much of his butt? Yeah, in that suit. I know he gets in the suit on. Does he turn around? Girl. The movie could have just been Idris Elba in that suit walking in a hallway as the camera's hands like, like. Was this your Idris Elba sexual awakening in the theater? Uh, well, no, I've I've always been. He's always been a monster. What else hunt. he been on? Because he was on The Office for like two episodes. Um, I mean, he's in The Wire. He's been in a lot of stuff. I wanted other characters from The Wire show up and have their own Jaegers. I can go into that, but you've never seen The Wire, so all the jokes would be wasted. Bill, I saw the first two seasons of The Wire. We talked about this. And I had to skip the second season. But the black people disappear from the second season. It really is just turned into Polish dock workers. It's kind of weird. Um, So anyway, um, Pacific Rim was kind of fascinating because I just realized immediately that it was just a live action anime. Oh yeah, no. And just drank the Kool-Aid. The quality of the like, even But no, I mean, it's deliberate. That's what it means. That's what it's aspiring to. And I think it hit it perfectly. Perfectly. I I, I was on Twitter yesterday bitching about how I had a good time watching the movie. I thought it was a fucking great Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. But it is weird that like you can invest this much money in a movie and not invest. It's not like the writing was bad. But the characters were of such like kind of like an anime level of kind of simplicity. I thought that was deliberate. I know, but it's deliberate, but just a little bit like 
I thought it was if it were and Bill. It's a movie about a mon- monsters and robots. I know, but it's, it's a universe. A, the character, like 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 the two scientists in the movie. Mm-hmm. You've got J.J. Abrams. <laughs> yeah, that guy really just like so. Like Gilmer del Toro is like, you know what? I'm friends with J.J. What if we no, just Bill, make him Bill, one that's of the what he said. He said, you know, fucking what? <laughs> I'm fucking friends with fucking J.J. Fucking Abrams. He's a geek. We make this guy a geek. <laughs> and well, no, like, but that guy's fine. But like, he's Nazi scientist. <laughs> Nazi Charlie Chaplin British guy who's all like hello boy Jeff Goldner I thought it's like if Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins was a scientist I thought it was like that I thought that was part of it I thought if those characters were any more developed it would be wrong it would ring hollow not that I'm expecting like like like, it's just a little bit like they're supposed to be cartoonish gestures so cartoony though it's it's, it's a movie about robots and monsters (laughs) really well just even stuff like did we need all the the stuff um one, one thing that actually did i i thought was kind of like a like waste of screen time was do we need that much of um main guy getting the piss taken out of him by australian guy well yeah, i guess a little that, bit like there's not that I much of if australian guy didn't look like main guy no that's what i thought was funny they look like twins i thought they were gonna shoot the I australian that. guy well, i thought it was, the that, it was a deliberate and i thought his dad would be like oh i didn't notice even the dog doesn't even notice that like they're both the same Foley's criticism of the movie well she had a couple it, she wasn't able to drink the anime kool-aid but her big thing was that she wished that um uh, australian dad was actually australian mom she she thought it would have been more. Well, oh man, especially like because it seems like that character ends up spoilers for Pacific Rim. Yeah. That character ends up taking Idris Elba's place. Yeah. And we were riffing on it. We were like, it'd be really awesome. Not obviously not Australian, but well, it'd be awesome if you were like Sigourney Weaver. Well, that's the other thing. Why is not why is Boom Boom not the main character of that? No, movie? that was that was Anthony Birch's criticism. I thought he was he said this very succinctly. Oh, yeah? Where Anthony Birch's big criticism was they picked the wrong protagonist because the main because character, the main character main has no arc. Shit, yeah. He is awesome. And he, and a terrible event happens to him that doesn't really affect him, and then he continues to be awesome. Speaking of the writing, that's the, as in terms that of specific examples thing, of the writing, like even, that is even the if you one him, thing that I feel like, like is totally his valid character. Complaint. All he does is walk around, and and he has no nuance about what his damage is or anything like yeah. that. He really just does walk around and say, "I am sad because my brother died five years ago." He says that three different times in the movie. Where it's not even He's like bland. the writing can be a little more. I like even if you're gonna do that, you can make it so that character's at least interesting on his own terms. I like Scruffy Butch Bros, and even I'm sitting here with my eyes just sliding off him. Yeah, over so and like over that, again. like a lot of this, a lot of the weakest stuff about that movie is kind yeah, of related to just the main character she, and how much screen time they they spend. Just kind of like, okay, yeah. I get it. Like you could be a little more economical, but Anthony the, Anthony Birch's point was that it would have been so much better were she the protagonist because she Michael actually Murray. has she yeah. actually has an arc. She has this whole vengeance arc. Yeah. She has to overcome hardship and she's very intelligent, but she still has this this crisis to overcome. And she what they should have done? No, I mean I love Boom 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 Boom. She because ma, ma, the lady who plays Mako Mori, the Japanese yeah, lady, she was, she was in, in uh, the Brothers, Brothers Bloom. Bloom and she was fantastic. One of the best great. parts of that movie. Yeah, really great. What they should have done, even oh, if I've been getting rid of her. Okay, here we go. Her little five-year-old self, uh-huh. for some reason, gets put in stasis, <laughs> and she gets her own fucking robot. <laughs> that should have been there for That was girl was cute up. as both. She was great. We, she like, was one of the best I, parts. I was in the, uh, watching that movie, and the audience was just like, when she's all scared and like the big, like you know, she's hiding behind the dumpster, and she's all scared because the big monster's tearing apart Tokyo. Mm-hmm. She's like. Ah. Like everyone, my audience was just like, "Oh, yeah. like, what does it was good kid casting. Yeah. She's so good. She was fantastic. Yeah, Foley sitting at some point in the movie, um, where they're uh, like the robots are being all badass and everything, and Foley just leans over to me and she goes, 
how many teenage boys do you think are watching this movie and having their moment of sexual awakening looking at these robots? And then I just kind of looked at her and I said, how many people are writing fan fiction right now about how the reason why the monsters are invading is just because they're horny? And so they make giant <laughs> they fuck, fuck bots. The robots? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, they make the giant robots to, um, uh, 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 what's the word? Um, uh, what's I the see, word? I would assume... Uh, not equalize, not minimize. Um, neutralize, neutralize. neutralize. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> Why don't they just get the dinosaurs that fuck cars? <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be Del Toro's next movie. I want. To, you I know thought... what? You know what? Actually, Del, with Del Toro involved, actually, if 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 five year old Michael Mori needed a co pilot, it should have been Tomas. Tomas. <laughs> I just think that criticizing a dumb monster versus no, I robot movie for time. having, but just like it's one of those things where like just had to drink that like, Kool-Aid. If they, if, if they were already going to spend two hundred million dollars just on the production, probably, yeah. probably another fifty million in budget, they just spent like an extra million just on just like kind of just knocking up the script think... to the point where even if you didn't have the giant yeah. robots, the characters would still be kind of fun to hang out with by themselves. They're yeah. not all terrible, but like even like yeah, just they just it could be just, just an extra twist of just like I got you. Yeah, where you would really want to hang out in that world, even if there weren't like. Crazy I think robots the movie does not need it. I mean, I, I love that, just from a world for building it. perspective. I fucking you, you barely get uh, to see much of it in the actual movie, but I just love the idea that each country has at least every, every major country. You don't see like Bolivia's Jaeger or anything like that. But yeah, the, the, the fact that they each have the, each country has its own Jaeger and its own goofy Street Fighter crew. It was so good. I love the Russian Jaeger. Yeah, and I, I love the Russian crew. The guy with so the good. dark beard and the blonde. So and the, good. Just, I actually squealed in delight in the theater and kicked my little feet. <laughs> Even though, and again, that that's great. They're, they're, they're so that that's that's really economic storytelling. Bill. Where even if you don't even those yeah. that, none of those characters even actually speak except for the yeah. Australian crew. But they have such enough character. They're so ridiculous yeah. that like even when they end up getting killed later, you're like, oh, I was hoping at least I those know. guys would make it. Yeah. Like especially that Russian crew, they get fucked. They, they drowning it's in bad. their own. Uh, it's bad. The uh, robot was my favorite robot. I that they looked yeah, so cool. Yeah, look, they had a big fucking. It's head look like a nuclear yeah. reactor. It's so good. Cooling tower. See, mostly I'm just sitting here in that theater going, how did this movie happen? <laughs> how did Gary Toro get so like... much money? <sighs> I mean, obviously they assumed it would have a lot of Especially international appeal. This, this, this is a B movie with a capital B, intentionally a B yes, movie. Yes, it is. Del- now, got an See, A that's movie my budget. Thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, that's the only reason why I bet you about the script is because if you're going to make a B movie, but with an A movie budget, you think you would just kind of like spend a little bit extra on the script. So at least even the people who aren't that interested in the robots and stuff can have a little more like this the the, the, the just from the writing perspective can just have a little to more beat on beat yeah. on its bones and even from a world building perspective would really help you just 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 like flesh out that world and so if you want to spin this off into video games and comic books and uh but I just 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 yeah yeah and like like if you're gonna drag people like you know if you're gonna have geeks like us drag people who aren't maybe not necessarily into the robots and stuff that much yeah like that wouldn't encourage them to like maybe go out and tell their friends like yeah. it's it's so weird this movie became a very specific geek rallying point yeah that's kind of the weird thing where people are like if you're a geek you want to show that good movies can be made you should go see Pacific Rim which is a good movie but it's a little like it's still just a kind of a dopey B grade it's not actually yeah. a great motion picture no you take the robots the robot fighting out of it it is just like <laughs> Cinemax. <laughs> it is it is kind of like a cheap anime yeah. plot and characters and oh stuff. man calamity john but, is really kicking ass on twitter this morning he was retweeting people who were like all that bullshit in florida and grown-ups to beat pacific rim at the box office i have never heard of the first grown-ups much less anyone getting upset about grown-ups too but yeah no i like i i i i 
I showed up at the uh, theater. Uh, I bought tickets on a whim on Saturday morning. Yeah. I was going to wait until Monday because I expected the theaters would be packed. Yeah. Uh, for the movie. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I went to the first screening on Saturday morning at the big theater downtown here in Portland, and the theater was only like about a third full. <laughs> so, this is man, this if you is can't good. put butts in seats in Portland, that's yeah. Well, this is this is adding to the track record of geek enthusiasm online only being a very tiny drop in the bucket bucket yeah. compared to the rest of the general population. Yeah. This goes right up there with uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim. I guess uh, Snakes on a Plane wasn't necessarily nerdy. That, that was, was more that was just general internet enthusiasm. Nerds. Yeah. That was like... But again, was... this shows like everyone in the world could be jizzing their pants as much as they want on something, on stuff online. But if the general populace isn't into it, it's just yeah. not going to make money you to justify... can't market to a niche. Although they didn't get a $200 million. If it only cost half that much... Yeah. It only making thirty million dollars. Yeah, it's opening. It would be like the Dread movie, where the Dread cost yeah, exactly, to yeah. make. So, but man, I'm glad that Guillermo del Toro had that one chance. Yeah, God bless him. Because that look, that looks like a two hundred million dollar movie. It does. Too. That's not. It's not fucking cheap. Because no, oh, man. those are really good fights. Like I could give. I could give a shit about robots. There's a and lot monsters. of fights in there. There's a lot really of good choreography. Well, good also too, just even me being a special effects nerd, I'm, I was like really impressed because I know. This this is gonna get really stupid, geeky, and technical. But doing water yeah. effects, they did a is lot of it. Really expensive, even more expensive than normal uh, CGI stuff, because it yeah. just takes a lot of money to, uh, to spend on the time to render uh, to simulate all the yeah, water stuff, motion. and yeah. then render that stuff. Yeah. Because it's rendering every little particle. There's just yeah. so much of that water and splashes and sprays everywhere. Yeah. That's even more intensive than if you just have a robot like walking down a street. Yeah. Um. And, so, and most of the uh, movie takes place in water and like uh, and stuff. And I was like, damn, like just even from that perspective, this movie just must have took taken a million years. Oh, fucking so much time, yeah. money went into this. Aside from yeah. the quality of the CGI is so good, they did such a great yeah. job of just like, uh, just 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 the scale of how everything. Yeah, moves. they did a great and the job of conveying that. Pieces were like like different parts of it are kind of like like flailing around and yeah. bouncing around, so it really Rattling. creates that effect yeah. of like giant. You these three things really do feel like hundred foot tall robots. Yeah. And uh, it was amazing that that aspect of it. Yeah, Del, Del Toro got to recycle whatever creatures he designed for the Mountains of Madness or whatever. Yeah, so that, at least you I don't like the that monster too design. Oh, that glowing blood! They're spinning so acid good. and shit. It's good. Yeah, it's like each monster gets its own ridiculous pro wrestler code, code name. It's not so just good. go fight that monster, but nope. oh, it's knife head. It's butt fucker. It's <laughs> yeah. taco time. Yeah. You know, it's just like yeah. <laughs> and so... especially my favorite part of the movie is still just the fact that like. Yeah, the robot teams, the robot squads. This yeah. goes back to one of my favorite comic books of all time is Pirate Corps, which is a mm-hmm. comic book by Evan Dorkin from 20 years ago, which is about this underground underground circuit of assassins and smugglers and yeah. stuff. And each each crew, for whatever reason, has, like, they've become, like, rock stars in their own right. Each yeah. crew has, like, like, a weird gimmick, and this weird subculture pops up where people have little fandoms for all these different crews of inter, uh, intergalactic fireflies-type smugglers. Yeah. And this is kind of like I like that they kind of did that. Yeah, with the with with, with the, the eager crews the, in the this. Chinese triplets. Yeah, again, you don't even you never talk to them or anything like no. that. But they're totally like, just like the basketball playing Chinese triplets. Yeah. So good. Like... So Bill asked the you dear listeners what you thought, and uh, beloved bro Stephen Heint said it was exactly what I wanted it to be. That was the thing. I think it was what it was, yeah, and it owned it. Getting punched 110%. in the face. 
Exactly. I'm like, as we were leaving in, Flo was kind of complaining about it a little bit. I'm oh, just yeah. like, it's like, well, not re- she just, it's not her jam. She's not into that sort oh, of thing. I was really really. surprised. And uh, it was so funny. I'm like, Flo, you're kind of the person who goes in the Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters and then gets upset that it's about <laughs> adult Hansel and Gretel hunting witches. She was like, fair enough. What what were her major issues with the movie though? Uh, she didn't she didn't she really didn't like, like the, the characters. Yeah. She didn't like the protagonist. Um, she thought that Mako actually was not a very interesting character, um, uh, and it could have been more interesting. Just the fact that when Mako comes out when you first see her, she's not in stiletto heels. Yeah. She got big clumpy army boots. Yeah, just even that it sounds like that's such yeah. a tiny thing. But yeah. that is just like you can only get away with that with that in, like, in a B movie these yeah. days. And it just oh, like it was, literally, I swear to God, if you asked me, his bullet shaped like, head, oh, his sad eyes, and his shaved, and his voice, and his... he's he's one of those black guys where he has such like perfect like hair and mustache. It looks like it was drawn on, or, like spray painted on with like a. You like him? Oh my God! Literally, we left the movie theater and everyone was like, "Robots, monsters, blah blah blah." I was just like, "Idris Elba." Who was his co-pilot? Because he had to have had a co-pilot when he discovered Mako. We don't know because like, his co-pilot died. Is he, well, either well, you could read it two ways. I think he had a twin that he fucked to death because like, the he he, he had the Yowie bot. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm trying to ride with you, but how hot it, would it be hot to see Idris Elba make so, out with himself? So it would be hot to have Idris Elba make out with Tom Hardy because they're the same kind of Pokemon. Oh wow. Yeah, that's there you go, Bill. <laughs> They're the Hitman Lee, there's, Hitman Shan. There's, there's my secret fantasy. Wow. Uh, GB said, I was really, really happy with the lack of romance in the film. I liked that too. Because they, there I like the little thing where it's like physical compatibility. Well, I like how they, but they don't. I like that. I there's really no like that. I like, I like that there's no kiss. Like they have that last moment. It's such a perfect anime moment where they just like touch foreheads, like zooms out, put helicopters in the sun and everything. Dumb ass movie. It's big, dumb electric guitar soundtrack. I love, I love, so good. I love the heavy butt metalization of movie soundtracks so these days. Between good. this and like Iron Man three, so good. Oh my god. Oh friends. Well, that's us feeling strongly. What's about What's our Jaeger gonna be called? Oh, it's our Jaeger. What is it called? Gypsy Danger. That's such a great dumb name. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Our Jaeger would be called... I don't know. Hey, dear listeners, what, yeah! would, what would the boy Howdy yeah! Jaeger be called? <laughs> that was not in our superpowers of my voice over the last one. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> just my death gaze. That's all it is. Oh, my God. Listeners, if you, can, if you can think of our uh, our ridiculous Jaeger name, please I love the tweet at us. Also, because this, this means San Francisco is going to get destroyed this year. Because mm-hmm. it suggests it's 2013 when the monsters attack. Because it starts off in 2020, and they do say seven years ago. Yes. It started with San Francisco getting nuked. Yeah. And I'm just saying. Why like they try to build a wall? I like all the big, the all the big piles the wall of, of monster shit. Like, yeah. at first, I was like, oh, maybe that's just carcass or whatever. And then they go back to it again, and there are people in like, hazmat suits. I'm like, no, that's monster shit. And then there's Ron Perlman. So Ron Perlman. His, his gold shoes. His so chino boots. So good. His fucking gold teeth. So good. Oh, like fucking. I can't believe that is an actual movie that this I saw at a theater. This is a heavy metal movie. <laughs> just like... I can't believe it. He's got the glasses. It really is. He just does look like Tom Waits' bigger, bigger brother these days. I can't believe it. Oh. And then there's just like a thing. And. Oh. So good. I wish I was showing you guys who had more character, though. Both the father and the son. I thought 
thought they had all the characters. And uh, even though they look more interesting, I kind of wish oh, they were. I, see, I looked, thought they, they should have been like fucked up. I like, it likes the dad actually. Like that, dad, dad was nice. I like that he was. I like, was disappointed scrawny. they didn't go all the way of like having him with the hat with the flap on the side where it's like like the brim kind of flopped up. And they don't. They they should have had an Australian sheepdog. Why did they got an English bulldog? What's up with that? Alright, friends, we're gonna take a Sean little break. Sean Baca, you gotta talk to us about this. We're gonna take a little break and we're gonna come back for the Geek Week interview. Maybe. <laughs> So, you can, for $30, you can buy a Gypsy Danger 7 Oh, yeah? Big, like, foot and a half tall ones don't come out until later on this year. Yeah. I want, I want the Ro- Russian robot. The Russian one's cool. Why would they specifically mention that that's, like, that's, that's the oldest surviving one, one left? Yeah, it's yeah, a Mark 1. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Oh, man, it's got his head punched in. I love that. It's so big, big square. Oh, my God. Did you see the art book? It looks pretty cool, too. Like, it's mm-hmm. actually not just the art of, but it's also the making of. So, I'm just saying. Pacific Rim. For some reason, I was bitching about it yesterday. Actually, I'm like, Pacific Rim. Literally, all I, Bill, if the book is like a lot of macro photography of interest, well, there's actual set in stuff every and things single like that, uniform yeah. that I care about. Check it out, there might be. Though I, I really liked all the world building and everything like that, like all the the crap that was in. Well, I've seen some people around it. I feel like we're just going right back in this uh, Pacific Rim, but there's enough you could make a franchise out of this in terms of just like they, there's they destroyed enough, well, the well, I get, they just destroyed that portal. Well, did you see? No, Guillermo del Toro has already been like, we already know what the sequel will be. Yeah. He's already come out and said, well, you, like we're gonna have Gypsy Danger two we're thinking about having a Jaeger, uh, uh, what's the monster? Kaiju hybrid. Hybrid. Nice. He's already, he's not even like you at this rate. You don't even need to go pay to see the movie because he's pretty much telling everyone what he's kind of thinking. Jen Wang, I think, hit it on the nail on the head where she's like, if this were really an anime adaptation, the only thing they're missing are hot boys who could maybe kiss. Not seriously. Which I agree with. Would this would not make you interested in watching any other kaiju movies, like any Godzilla Gamera movies or anything like that? No. Why? Why would I want to? I have seen them and they Idris Elba presents. Only if he is the two monsters. Oh, yeah? That's all I want. And I don't mean like in a monster suit. I mean just mean giant Idris Elba beating the shit just out of himself. walking naked out of the this sea. This is a very specific kind of pornography. Oh, well, then, that, then that turns into what's the Dave Chappelle sketch where he fucks the volcano? Oh, God. Hey, everybody. It's the Geek Week Interview. Why do you brown listen to this podcast? Brown Stop. <laughs> Stop. Hey, everybody. It's Geek Week Interview. Oh, how you guys doing? Welcome back. Ryan Davis of Giant Bomb fame has passed. Thank God. I'm gonna. I'm. Try, I, I keep on emailing them. So can I take his place? They're like, no, Bill, stop it. Did, did you Did you know anything about Ryan Davis? Or no. I just know that a lot of people who are rock. Yeah, uh, Ryan Davis, uh, one of the founders of GiantBomb.com. Uh, he founded uh, a co-founder along with Jeff Gersman. Uh, oh man, the terrible thing is not only that he died, but he died like three days after his wedding. Mm-hmm. He got married the Saturday before he died. Yeah. He died on was it July third? Um, it's no one knows exactly how he died yet, but he was a big fat guy. Go figure. Um, it seems like he may have passed away in his sleep from some of the comments that some of the people made on the Giant Bomb Memorial podcast, where they kind of mentioned there was a couple things. They didn't, I, I it sounds like he may have just passed away in his sleep during his mm-hmm. honeymoon. But yeah, no, that kind of sucks. He was a really funny guy. I think the last thing he ever did for Giant Bomb was 
a quick look of the new Game & Wario game for the Wii U, where mm-hmm. they spent the, the, the whole time just making fun of uh, people's community drawings of Tom Nook. <laughs> <laughs> Half of them were Tom Nook just robbing people and shit like that. <laughs> and so, if that, I mean, at least, you know, he went out on a pretty goddamn funny note. But yeah, yeah this, is one of the, like, this is one of the first big gaming, gaming journal industry deaths. Yeah. Have there been much in the way of gaming industry in terms of like developers or anything that have died yet? Um, I mean, we've had like some... a lot of a lot of the innovators, a lot of yeah. like the inventors are like on the verge of dying. Like you've yeah. got like you know Ralph Baer, the guy who invented the first video game. He's got to be in his eighties or nineties by mm-hmm. now and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah, so yeah, nah, that's not fun to talk about. What uh, else? Double Fine sent out a Kickstarter update saying that they're basically over. Uh, we're over ambitious in their development. And yeah. Uh, kind of burned yeah, through the cash off about for Broken too. Age. So they're going to release the first part on Steam for sale and Is you can that pre-order. Confirmed that was what they do? that was the last thing they said on the last I don't know if they were just thinking update. about that. So they're like, "Well, we'll release part 1 and you can go ahead and buy it." And of course, early backers will get early access. And then with that, the, those funds will proceed to and They said they're going to have two. to take some some bits out of the game too just to make yeah. sure it gets done. Even yeah. the first half just gets it done done in time for January yeah. and then hopefully they'll make enough money selling that off of Steam. Games are hard and expensive. They also kind of screw themselves a little bit because uh, I I forgot about this. They signed, a, signed an exclusivity deal that like uh, Broken Age will only be exclusive to Ouya when it first launches. Mm-hmm. Which they, like it sounds like Ouya is selling badly enough, and that's not going to be much of a revenue stream. Yeah. At least you know by the time the game comes out, it could have been like also launched on like the PlayStation PlayStation Four and the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. The fact that uh, the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One. So it sounds like the Xbox One's going to try to become more indie uh, uh, sensitive, but at least this would have like given them another platform to make money and help, right. and help finish the game too. Because yeah, this if this is coming out in January, that's going to be a month or two after the, both those new consoles launch. So that could have been an extra revenue stream that they kind of accidentally cut themselves out, out of, unfortunately. So. Yeah, we're double fine. Yeah, but that's how, I'm really curious to see how that happened. Yeah, well, that's there's a, huge a documentary deal. It's not like they came up a little bit short. Yeah, they came up a lot short. Like yeah. if they have to cut, the, not only cut the game in half, but also cut out a big chunk of the stuff that was going to be in the game in general. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, granted, this is also this is a much bigger game. Even if they cut out stuff out, this is already. Even if they only released the first half, that sounds like that's going to be more game than it would have been if they had originally only gotten what yeah, the original thirty. Like, yeah, three. They, they were only originally. Yeah, they got what they wanted. Yeah, three hundred thousand dollars. They got three million. They got ten times as much as they yeah. were expect, expecting. Yeah, it sounds like for three hundred thousand dollars, we would have gotten like a really great, like practically a text adventure at yeah. that point. Yeah. So yeah, you, you can't complain that much. But yeah, no, it's a little unfortunate. It's a little. Sh- it's. Yeah, it's a little weird that they didn't come clean about this until like uh, just a day or two after uh, their second Kickstarter ended for the second game. Yeah. I can totally see why they did that because it's not like their second game has anything to do with the first one. Yeah. But it's still just kind of, yeah. Well, that's 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 what happens when you crowdfund. Is that the crowd? People get to see warts and all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is this will be interesting. I'll see, curious see how it works out. Saints Row Four announced that your voice options will be male voice one through three, female voice one through three. And Nolan North. No, it's just going to be Nolan North just act like hamming up as, as much Nolan, like, hello oh, there. No. Well, Saints Row. So does this mean they're getting rid of the zombie voice? That's a good question, That does. Actually. That's going to be a heartbreaker for me because <laughs> the half It kills me that you missed all of the really good one-liners from Boss. I don't care. It's all <laughs> well, they just... Because, <laughs> like, 
it wasn't the fact that it was zombie voice, but they actually recorded specifically zombie stuff for every cutscene. It wasn't like yeah. they used the same. It was a zombie s- voice. Yeah. Oh my god, because you could still catch snippets of like we should go kill this. You know, it was very like like cutscene specific things you would catch glimpses of. So yeah, that's that's the thing that knocked me out. Because at first when I first fired up the zombie voice, I was like that that's kind of funny, but I'll turn it off after all. Yeah, but then I realized he's actually saying shit if you're really paying attention enough. I was yep. like damn. <laughs> Oh, God. But yeah, no, no yeah. one north. That's cute. <laughs> That's a good joke. Yeah. it's a good joke. I'm pretty pumped about it. I, oh, how much do you have to love Nolan North to get excited about this, though? <laughs> well, it's, it's a joke. And the complaint is that he's all over everything. <laughs> At least he's got the sense of humor to let himself yes. be the jokey, like, I'm, I'm me. I'm in your game. God bless. Because, like, I'm surprised it's not, like... Burt Reynolds again or something yeah. like that because oh there's gonna be some weird stunt casting oh sure there's gonna be, well yeah. you know you got Vice President Keith David which still makes me so happy wasn't was it Felicia Day she was in the last one and you had a couple didn't she play was it Kinsey the oh was that her I can't or remember. maybe I was the... I maybe I'm just prolapsing that because. <laughs> What? So, uh, they no, released the Grand Theft Auto Five trailer this week, showing all the gameplay and everything, and it's really funny because it looks beautiful, and the whole, this being able to switch between the three characters. You gotta make that characters. shit fun to play again, Well, that's though. the thing, it's like, I could not care less, because it, the thing about Grand Theft Auto, I'm getting to the point now where I'm really getting tired of, um, Rockstar's storytelling. Yeah. I don't want to be, like, I don't want to go out of my way to be an intentional snob, like, hey, Grand Theft no. Auto, because I've, I've loved Grand Theft Auto games oh, yeah. in the past. But it's just, like, specifically this generation, Grand Theft Auto 4 was so easily outclassed by all these other games. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto was, from a technical, pers- technical perspective, was really well put together. It looked beautiful. There was lots mm-hmm. of shit to do. Um, but, like, this, this, this the, one of the secret stories of this whole gaming generation is the evolution of the open world game. Right, And yeah. that, and, and well, which is funny, because a lot of the, that actually has to do with Rockstar, with, oh, with yeah. like, Red Dead Revolution... And well, even bully, even though that's last gen, mm-hmm. well, even though they they ported the the current gen systems, like well, Grand Theft Auto really popularized and made mainstream that whole sort of game. Yeah, but the the whole open world games no longer is even open world urban games no longer just necessarily mean Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, it means so much more these days. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting to see how they really up their game from a technical point. Like like there's one thing like the teaser trailers for Grand Theft Auto games always look like really crazy and dynamic and mm-hmm. cinematic. Mm-hmm. And until you it is until you boot up the game and realize it's the same camera angle three quarters up behind the guy the little radar in the one corner of the screen you got the police meter on the other corner of the screen. Oh, I'm gonna carjack this guy. Oh, the cops are after me. Oh, I got. I can't get to the next island because it's blocked off until I do enough story missions. I just genuinely. It's just you do the same shit over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of. I just can't get excited about it if, if Saints Row the Fourth, fourth is coming out. It's also weird that they have like their whole big thing. So you can switch between three characters this time. Not just three guys that are kind of recycled characters from other games. Because now have you have no interest in any of their perspectives. You have like the Tony Soprano guy. You've got kind of like the black gang guy, and you got like the redneck white trash guy. White yeah. trash guy. Yeah. It's just like these are all character archetypes we've already seen in other Grand Theft Auto games. Yeah. Not just like, uh, not that they say yeah, they have, like specifically have to be women or anything like that, but Jesus fucking Christ, it would be nice to have a little play as a woman. For yeah. once. fucking Christ. See, I just don't. But I, then they have to I rethink enjoy. their hooker stuff, could because so, like even there's actual yeah. gameplay mechanics in Grand Theft Auto that are tied into being male. Yeah. Like with the hooker dynamics and things like that. Yeah. And getting the, um, lap dances and uh, the uh, male straight, I should guess. I I, ah. will, I always buy 
I always buy Rockstar games, and I enjoy them. I do. Red yeah. Dead Redemption is one of my favorite games of all time. But there is just the pervasive Rockstar boy sense of humor that I just get so Their tired of. Their sense of humor is never written. And if anything, their, their, their pretenses of trying to get more more epic and dramatic with their yeah. story could totally... Could, it yeah. totally conflicts yeah. with their super childish, yeah. recycled sense of humor. Where, well, it's like yeah, it's, I was talking to a friend online, and I basically was like, I, I have trouble playing a game that's going to talk about the heart, the, the darkness in the heart of man, and then I go into a car and there's fart jokes on the radio. Yeah, at least the, what I love about Saints Row is it's all ridiculous all the time. Hundred, it's consistently stupid. Yeah, exactly. That's the world. The world is very silly and yeah. dumb, and it makes it fun to play too. Yeah, they, they have no pretentious of we want this to be gritty and this is going to be yeah. this is going to be like the Martin Scorsese movie of open world games like and, replaying yeah. Bully Bully is a fun game there's a lot of fun I mean it's yeah. a really simple game but it's a lot of fun and the just the and it's not that the story is bad but the character like just the character moments and the immaturity of it and everything is just yeah every restaurant's like just dumb. some kind of sexual double entendre and I like just... dumb immature jokes I do I'm no, a 13 like year old boy that's, that's, but it's that's... just relentless it seems like the like uh, is it the is it the same Writers, the two guys who founded Rockstar, still yeah, writing still the every. Good. It's still the Housers, and it just feels like the same two guys. I don't writing think every they're bad game. storytellers per se. No, I but just like, wish they only that... have one trick pony when it comes to like yeah. their GTA stuff. It's always just the same kind of like. Yeah, that was one of the reasons why I liked Max Payne so much. Is that Max Payne did not have any of that garbage. Yeah, any of it. It was just a gritty, brutal story. Mm-hmm. And it was totally male power fantasy, but it was there's none of that garbage, like. Yeah, that's just the humor. GTA, GTA games always have the aspirations of becoming like this Oscar quality experience yeah. Yeah. for a game, but it's really just aimed at thirteen year old boys. Yeah, and a, and a, and uh, boys who are in a rest, state of arrested development and still are emotionally thirteen year old yeah, boys. So. I don't know. We'll see. Well, the game will come I, out. I just can't get excited about it. It's so funny. I'll, I'm going to buy I'll, it. I'll buy it. I'll play it. I'll, just to I'm going to buy it. I'm, it's a Rockstar I'm game. Vaguely I'm vaguely interested in see how they do, what they do with the multiplayer this time, because the end of the trailer ends with, like, the dude yeah. looking out the window, and you see, like, 20 Planes different people and, flying around. Yeah. This this may just be just a slightly hyped-up version of the old GTA 4 multiplayer. I'm sure it is. Which was, you still just running around with squads of, like, 12 people just kind of fighting each other deathmatch style, which mm-hmm. wasn't that, actually... Like, the combat in, in GTA has never been so interesting enough you want to do that as, mm-hmm. like, full-time in a, in a multiplayer combat yeah. scenario, but I don't know. It'd be interesting. They're not going to do this. Man, we're be- all super down now! We were all hyped up about Pacific Rim, uh, and now we're just all like, Ryan Davis is dead, think, GTA here, give me a second. sucks. I'm going to think about Idris Elba's butt. <laughs> On his shoulders, Bill. He's got these oh, really his shoulders. nice shoulders. Does he got? Does he have those? He's got these hunks? broad shoulders. Yeah. And his voice is so good, and he's got those lips. You just want to gra- him to grab you by the hair and say, "Hey, baby." Sure, Bill. So, Fox has ordered a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen TV show pilot. What? From one of the producers yeah. of Heroes in Smallville. Uh huh. Even weirder, the deal with Fox guarantees that the pilot must be aired someday. Or else the network must pay a penalty, which means that if we never see that pilot, then it must be pretty damned bad. Yeah, for some reason, Fox just suddenly got a bone up its ass. It's like, you know what? We got to make a TV show of. Because that movie did so well. And it, it's great. I think it was an article in Wired where I first saw the news. And the article in Wired, they pretty much, it sounded a lot like you where they were talking about how the whole point of the League of Eternal Gentlemen is all about, it's a Victorian yeah. thing about freaks. Social yeah. freaks and like Monsters social society. stuff, yeah. and like just turning into a TV show. It's you know, I wonder if this is supposed to be like their answer to like the Agents of Shield TV show, where it's like, oh, we have all these crazy characters coming together, and yeah, 
they're gonna do crazy supernatural stuff each week. I wonder if it's just an answer to that. But yeah, I've kind of lost interest in Lavery Strange or Gentleman anyway, just because it got went to such a weird place. Yeah, what was the last book about? It was the apocalypse. Was that the one with Harry Potter and, and Mary Poppins? Yep. That takes place modern day. Yep. Yeah. Uh, not Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. What if it was done by the B and B and Puppycat people? <laughs> It was super off the cuff and happy and reverent. They announced some more voice cast for the second season of Legend Korra, including Aubrey Plaza. Yeah! She's and Bill's playing. joke was, at least your character won't have to be animated. <laughs> she just had a little C-3PO mouth slit. Yeah, how you doing? Uh, she's playing one half of Korra's got two twin identical cousins? Yeah, they're like these really morose looking ladies. Kind of so good. So good. They announced the rest. Yeah, so I guess Cora's family, her immediate family, is going to be a big deal next yeah, season. Like yeah. it's it. You see her for like her parents for literally two seconds in the yeah. pilot, but I guess they're going to come Man, back. And I'm kind of apprehensive about the next season of Legend of Cora, just because I'm not involved in the Legend of Cora fandom at all. But I've talked to enough people and read enough about theories and stuff for the second season oh, yeah? that I'm that I have like kind of this whole. Like, can't help but have this preconceived thing that's I'm, my heart's just going to be broken. Well, what, what do you want to happen? Um, I don't know. Like, there was all this stuff about, like, this is, season would be about Korra getting in touch with her spiritual side. Yeah, it's called, and, they, they, it's already been confirmed it's going to be called Book Two Spirits. Yeah, but yeah. and uh, I can't remember anything now. But it's, like, just this vague outline of a thing and, like, yeah. yeah. But then I'm also going to be disappointed when the show starts up and Korra and Asami don't make out. So that's going to be problematic <laughs> It's right funny because they, well, I, I got the legend, I forgot to mention this. One of the things I did this week is I got the Legend of Korra Blu-ray set yeah. this week. And uh, it's really nice. The Blu-ray set actually has commentary from the creators for every episode, which yeah. is kind of a rare thing for cartoons. And they actually breached that. They, they are not, they are completely aware of how everyone hates Mako. Yeah, because even what's his name, the voice actor for Mako comes in, and even he's joking about, "Yep, they're oh, in, oh man. yep, this is you know everyone hates Mako." Oh great, here we go again. <laughs> okay, so my friend, one of my yeah. coworkers, was, but they like oh, I, I forget who yeah. says. I think maybe it's Janet Varney. At one point, they kind of make they kind of like, "Oh yeah, there's a song in court." They got it like <laughs> like they it's they're doing a commentary for Nick Kids cartoon, so there can't be any swearing or anything like that. Yeah. but somebody in that room, I forget what it is, but like it gets it kind of gets breached for a moment. They go, yeah. <laughs> So at least I'm glad that at least the creators are aware of oh, yeah. a fandom online where people are like, yeah, Sam, and Cora, how you doing? So my friend, one of my my coworker Justin, is a sweetheart, a really good guy. Yeah. Um, went to school with Michael DiMartino. Yeah. He went to college, and in fact, so he hates the lesbians. He um he uh he was like he was telling me about how for like his student film that he helped. Uh, uh, he was like, oh yeah, I helped Mike paint his cells. Aww. We had a big party, we drank a bunch of beers, we were all painting his cells and everything like that. And so, I, as a joke, I said, you know, Justin, my 30th birthday's coming up. And he, was, and he just looks at me and goes, I'm gonna get in touch with him and see if I can't get you a drawing. Aww. And I just started hyperventilating. And then I felt like a prick. Can you imagine? This is just like a week or two ago. And I think he's really gonna do it because he's a sweet guy and he loves me. But... It just kills me, because, Bill, imagine you haven't talked to someone in, like, 15, I know, exactly, 20 years. Yeah. They email you out of the blue and say, hey, it's my friend's birthday. Draw a pretty fit <laughs> picture would... of Asami. Can you ask for their racing cars? <laughs> and they crash. Stop it. Stop right now. And the crash blows Stop the clothes it. off. Stop right now. But it's just them naked exchanging insurance information. <sighs> David this Bradley. The, no, but, like, I was, I, I was, what else was I going to say about Legend of Korra? Oh, yeah, there was something sorry. else, but I can't remember. It was very important. Um... God damn! There was some, like uh, some other insight about the goddamn show they put. Were you, something about the commentary? 
Yeah, something about the commentary. The commentary is actually... Oh, one of the best parts of the commentary is uh, there's a couple episodes where the uh, music guys show up. Oh, for yeah. some reason, in those episodes, they pitch their voices up so they sound like munchkins just for fun. Just for fun, so was... uh, But I can't remember. There's other content stuff where I was like, okay, I'm glad these guys are really self-aware about how much... I was One thing I was disappointed, I thought with the commentaries, there would be more information about the creation of the show. Sure. Instead, it's mostly just about production stuff. Like, like mm-hmm. oh, well, there, there's there's that guy. We love that voice actor. Oh, that character was designed by this person. But there's yeah. very little much in the way of, like, uh, this is why. The only real insight you get into the creation of The Legend of Korra and how it relates to anything they did on the Bla- Avatar. Avatar The Last Airbender is they do specifically point out the fact that uh, they had a really hard time pushing through the fact that they were going to have Korra be a female. Yeah. A, a female character of the show. Um, especially the marketing department. And it sounds like, they don't come out and say this in the commentary, but some of their comments make it sound like the reason why they were only allowed to do a, originally this first season of The Legend of Korra, yeah, it was be it, and it really actually, even they even admit this is still a miniseries, that even though they call it a first season, that's why it ends so, like the last thing you see is everyone saying, yay Korra, you are the Avatar. Yeah. This was The Legend of Korra. <laughs> exactly. That, is, yeah. that was going to be the end of her story. Yeah. And, by the time they got clearance to say, okay, you guys can keep on making more of these, they didn't have time to go back and change it. It sounds like what may have happened was Nickelodeon was afraid to commit to a multiple-season show starting yeah. a female yeah. until they saw like the reaction and yeah. how good the show was going and the reaction of the fandom. Right. It's like, okay, well, this is actually, people are positive about this. Okay, you guys get the clear head. You can do more seasons of this. So at least that kind of explains the abrupt, Nate, like why the first season... Like, because even even the original, uh, even the original Avatar: Last Airbender, each season was like sixteen or eighteen episodes. Yeah. So even like the, even though this is a one season, this is still even short for an Avatar season. Mm-hmm. And they even mentioned how they wish there was a whole bunch of other stuff they were gonna have in this first season that they had to cut out just because their order, uh, the 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 size of the episode order that they got from Nickelodeon kept on shrinking until it was yeah. only 12 episodes. Because yeah. they, they even mentioned that, like, if they had 16 episodes, there could have been so much more they could have done about, like, where Mako and Bolin came from. And, like, yeah. just even fleshing out Mako so he doesn't seem to be just such, such an arbitrary, turd. like, yeah. lifeless asshole. And so it's interesting that it seems like a lot of that's just uh, stemmed by the fact that, you know, they made the main uh, character female. Yeah. kind of fucked them. And, I don't know. I'm glad they fought that fight, though. Yeah. I love Korra. It still bums me out. She... Gets her powers back in the last time. I know. That's so cool. I know. Uh, she'll be fighting spirits I know. Well, no, there was a little uh, excerpt from the next season that came out that shows everyone fighting spirit monsters. Nice. Yeah. Fucking Korra. Legend Korra. Legend At least it's still a pretty Korra. show. It's really pretty on Blu-ray. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous um, show. I love that fighting. That And fighting. she's a brute. She's a brute. I love it. That's How many lady birds do I have in literature? Jenna oh, Barney, she's such a brute. Her only real thing she talks, she's on half the commentaries. Mm. All she does is thank them for letting her be on the show. Oh, she's the sweetest person. What a cutie. And she's like, I like Cora. She's a brute. <laughs> she's just like, she just loves to punch. <laughs> That's oh, why I love Cora. That's yeah. why it works out. Anyway. So, Bill, who is David Bradley? He's the first doctor, apparently. Now. You know him. David Bradley. He got that cat at Hogwarts. That cat who helps him clean up the shit. Oh, that guy. Yeah. He done killed. mouth. He done killed everybody at the red wedding. He 
He's yeah. all grouchy. So why, wait, why is he the first Doctor? What's happening? Uh, so uh, part of the Doctor Who 50th anniversary shit they're doing yeah. this year is they're making a little, I guess the BBC is making a little, like a little uh, TV movie about the creation of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And so I guess they're going to show how, I guess they're, they're going to show little excerpts of them filming like with the first and second Doctor. Mm-hmm. They got, what's his name? Mm-hmm. They got Filch mm-hmm. to be... The first Doctor, well, I guess he's he was, he's playing the actor who played the first Doctor, but they showed him dressed up as the first Doctor with, yeah. like, the first season yeah. uh, TARDIS from, like, yeah, 1963. Yeah, with the hair and everything. And they, the, the publicity still that they put out looks just like that motherfucker. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. like, how would they not just take this and just do a, like, a show. do a season yeah. of the first Doctor? Especially that actor's awesome. Yeah. He's playing he's a so cranky great. old man. Yeah. Actually, him playing the Doctor is kind of yeah. great because he's such yeah. an old, cantankerous fuck. Yeah. God damn, so everyone's flipping out about it. It's a great photo. So good. Yeah, everyone's like, oh man, I want some more of that shit. <laughs> so that BBC uh, TV movie should be pretty cool from at least that perspective. That yeah. It's just fun to see him running around as the doctor for like all of like 30 seconds on screen. Yeah, it'll be pretty solid. Yeah. Oh, and I guess there were there were rumors that they were announced the new doctor at a Doctor Who concert last night. I guess that didn't work out because no one's talking about it online today. But I, I, I wonder if they just want to uh, announce it next weekend at Comic-Con. Yeah, that would be the place to do it. I forgot next weekend is Comic Con. There's going to be all kinds of stupid geek week and oh, news Jesus and review Christ. shit next week. Such garbage we're going to have to talk about. As, who's 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 this, who's the uh, lady from Spider Man who dresses all in black? Black cat? Yeah. Whew, You're going to find out that. that she's being played by Jim Arden. I was thinking about this as, as Fully was driving me over today. I was thinking there is a perfectly cast Spider Man movie the most perfectly cast What's Spider-Man that? movie and it's p- totally forgettable. It's totally boring. Which one? The Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, that is perfectly it's cast? Perfectly cast. Why, who was so good about it? Andrew Garfield is Spider-Man. Oh, did you see gay Spider-Man? Yes. I love Andrew Garfield. <laughs> Sam Mendes is coming back to direct the next Bond film. Yay! Yay! Skyfall was so good. It was so pretty and so oh, much fun. It's totally interesting to see. I like the fact that he's coming back out just because he has a total blank slate to he if he, the fuck wants he wants to, because yeah. he essentially brought it up, he could, if he wanted to, he could just start remaking the movies now. Yeah. Because essentially puts puts the characters in the same place they would need to be if he wanted to just say, okay, well, we're remaking Doctor No, which is yeah. the first uh, James Bond movie, because yeah. it's him and Money Penny, and you got M with the penis. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'd consider uh, that aspect. But yeah, yeah I'll just, I just want to see it with more M and Money Penny. Sam Mendes just does good shit. I hope the next Bond movie, Bond hurts his foot. And he just has to hang out with M and Moneypenny in the office all day. <laughs> He's just, like, talking about stuff. He's like, you know, when I... You should see my girlfriend, Rachel White. Rather than Mad Men, it just irked blokes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And M's just like, come on, get out of here. I got work to do. And, and, and Dan Craig's like, no. Did you know one time I played a wizard? <laughs> <laughs> I know where to go with So that. they released a trailer for Saving Mr. Banks? Did you not see this? No, I missed it. Is, is, is Emma Thompson? Uh-huh. Did I even remember? Is that a movie she was in? Emma Thompson? Is she, I don't, Bill, I haven't seen this trailer. That's the one where Tom Hanks is uh, Disney, right? Oh, okay. Her name is now Remains of the Day. <laughs> Bill, that's really... That's not really the movie is Emma Thompson. Bill, I think you mean Nanny McPhee. <laughs> <laughs> so Nanny McPhee says... <laughs> Says, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Will you not make a movie of Mary Poppins starring Sound of Music? Mickey Mouse. 
It's been an official synopsis of the Saving Mr. Banks trailer. So we were watching all the trailers before Pacific Rim yesterday, and there was one from this movie called Paranoia, which looked great, because it was like just this nice little palette of hunks. Because it's old, shaved-headed Harrison Ford. When he showed up for It's dapper, cockney um, uh, Gary Oldman. I thought I was going insane for a moment was bald-headed Harrison Ford. Oh, so good. I was like, is this real? Uh, uh, Secret agent Josh Holloway. And, oh yeah. Uh, the 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 lesser Hemsworth, who's still a hunk machine, was terrible <laughs> on Hunger Games, Aww. but he's a hunk machine. And I'm, Foley and I are just watching this trailer. Like this is like a very particular palette of hunks going on. It here. really does seem like somebody who grew who like who's our age and grew up with like those actors as their heroes. And said, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make a. If I'm gonna make a C grade espionage movie. I'm gonna do it start I'm gonna with go all see the best so old dudes hard. possible. I'm gonna see that movie so did hard. You, did you see the trailer where Tron's an old wizard? <laughs> he, he talks about <laughs> so He's talking through his beard. He sounds like he's talking like like he's got a giant beard that's covering up one half of his mouth and the other half is covered up with a chicken leg. He's like, I, I want to be you. I like that that is the same beard that he has for RAPD. Yeah, I know. Oh, he sounds weird in that too. What the yeah. hell? This he's really, reached he's reached the bearded acting <laughs> crazy dude part of his. I dig it. Oh I'm my down. God. I'm That's down. Hilarious. I want I want Tom Hardy to follow that same that path. That movie looks like shit. That Seventh Son. <laughs> it looks like a dumb fun adventure <laughs> movie. I'm I don't fine. know. It can't be quite as good as the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I thought it was a uh, remake of Dragon Age from or not Dragon Age uh, Dragonheart. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. Hey Bill, tell me what Valve Pipeline is. You didn't hear about this? No. They lay pipe. They have a brothel. They said, fuck it. We're moving to Nevada. No, Valve Pipeline. I'm going to be nice. <laughs> going to show some restraint. So Half-Life 3 decided to reach out. <laughs> Shut up, Bill. No, uh, Valve uh, Valve Pipeline. Uh, th- this is still a little bit vague, but this is their program for reaching out to high school students hmm. to try to get lure them to come and work in the game industry. Interesting. And just, uh, no, yeah, like I said, no specific specific specifics. But yeah, that was very cool to say. Hey, we need more fresh voices. Come, we're, we're gonna do everything we can to make you like. If you want to, like, if you ask us, like, how do I get into video games? Well, we're gonna tell you how. And hmm. I, so this is some kind of program. Interesting. Yeah. Good on them. It's vague enough. I, I just wanted to mention the show notes because it sounds interesting. Because God knows the video game industry does need more more voices. We need more. Uh, we need more babies to grind the life out of. Espe- yeah, because like at the start of every console generation, they take everyone from the previous console generation and put them over this big meat, <laughs> meat grinder. And that's how they make the new consoles. So, everybody, this was the Boy Hattie Podcast at BoyHattiePodcast.com. <laughs> Yell at us on the Twitters at Boy Hattie Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on, subscribe on iTunes, as always. If you're so inclined, you can leave a little review on iTunes telling how we're horrible humans. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week to talk to you about some more crap. Hey, Annie. Yeah, Bill? Oh, shit, what's that out the window we're recording with? Is that a monster coming to attack us? Oh, no! Is this a podcast equivalent of shaking the camera? Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no! Hit that button! What's that button say?
Thank you.